Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Uh, we have a one-shot tonight that we did last week. We're going to do it again for another group of players. Uh, it's one we've done from the beginning. It's called What Goes Around. It was written by Marcus D. Bone, and I will be the game master. This is our third version. So without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. <clears throat> Arkham is a haunted city with many strange events taking place, especially around the 1920s. It's no wonder then that a group of investigators have formed a club to either, to either confirm or deny the existence of the supernatural. Uh, even among club members, those who truly know things are few and part of the inner circle. They keep the secrets from those of us on the outside so that we can all sleep soundly in our beds, ignorant of the dangers that lurk in the dark. It's May 1924, still a little chilly, so people have coats and boots to stave off the early morning cold. It's been an all-nighter for some of the Arcane Society's inner circle. They have been putting the final touches on their reports of a fake haunting in Bolton, uh, they finally choose to call it a night, or morning, rather, as it's 5.30 a.m. on a Saturday. As they leave Corbin Hall in downtown Arkham, the sky above the trees is turning purple-red towards the east, even though the sun is still well below the horizon. And as they cross the parking lot, there is a tremendous explosion that comes from just slightly down the street, across the street and down the street. One of these stores has burst into flame, a huge ball of pinkish orange flame shooting up into the sky. Glass shatters and flies all around. Uh, buildings across the street, the glass, and there in those buildings shatter as well. Um, debris is, flaming debris is thrown out into the streets. Um, uh, literally feet from where you guys are standing. Uh, what would you do? What would you like to do? Well, Detective Frank Jones, wait, is that his last name? Jordan would pull out his gun, gun and actually start going near the fire or near the door, seeing if there's anybody who needs help or what anybody on, who caused it. What on earth was that? Holy smokes. I, I don't know, but it was big. We, we, we got to go see if anyone's hurt. Yes, I agree. Let's go. Yeah, Jesus, and run after him. Now, a lot of the shops, not all of the shops, but a lot of the shops in the neighborhood have people living above them. So within seconds, you start to see lights coming on up and down the street. Like I said, it's 530 in the morning. Um, as you approach... Um, the entire front of the store has been blown out. You realize that it is uh, Haywright's jewelry shop that's blown up for some reason. Um, and I would like you all to do spot hidden rolls. 
Regular success, 28. Regular success. Fail. 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 Okay, so um, uh, Professor Epstein, you said yes? Yes. And every and John, you said yes, and everybody yes. else is a fail. Okay. So <clears throat> you're standing there, and there there's chaos, and uh, within a few minutes, people start coming out of their houses. Well, that like I say, it's, it's it's the middle of town, so it's the business district. Um, Professor Epstein and Phil, as you're standing there you see something uh, moving inside the inferno of the shop. The, the, the shop is completely engulfed in flames, but there's something um, almost black, uh, a mound of black in the center of the shop, and it begins to rise up. And as it rises up, despite the fire, despite the flames, it remains black and it begins moving. And as it moves, it, it sort of rears itself onto its feet and it's, the, the flames around it are glowing kind of blue. Uh, and it's on four legs and it starts moving towards the blasted out window. And as it arrives at the window, it steps through the window onto the pavement in front. And what it looks like is a gigantic wolf bear. And as you see it, it's, it steps out of the building onto the pavement and it rises, it, it raises its head in the air like it's sniffing the air, its, its eyes are blue flames and uh, it turns to its right uh, and begins walking down Main Street. Now, the other three can't see a thing and nobody on the street seems to be reacting in any manner. But this thing is as plain as... You mean, you mean that we're preoccupied looking at other things? or No, you can't don't see, see you don't okay. You see the flaming building and everything. In fact, there may even be people in the street now that the creature is walking sort of in that direction and they don't see it. It's walking by them. But Phil and Professor Epstein, you see it as clear as day. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll point out to the others. You guys can do sanity rolls. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go in and make sure that, you know, it could be that someone's harmed in there. Oh, you uh, can't go into the building. It's engulfed in flames. Oh, okay. Uh, I got a 16. Um, is there what's a, on a pass? 1d4. Okay. Um, let me see what I get there. So I got a one. So, uh, my God! Yeah, I'll be like, D gentlemen, do you see that? And I'll sort of point it out to everybody. <laughs> you're, uh, you're muted, Patrick. Sorry. Yeah, I, Jesus, I see it. And I, I, I that was a. I passed, but I also lost three. I see the and fire and the flames too, and the glass shattered all over the place. And they don't seem to be looking at the fire anymore. They're looking at the the, the sidewalk. 
or There's something on the sidewalk. We got to deal with this fire here. No, My no, character, that... uh, Frank, Bill, is going to go in front of him and go, There's nothing to see here. Go back to your homes. The fireplace will will be going. <laughs> Let, let's let's just let the firemen do do this, gentlemen. Like, cool, cool. Look, there, there's there, there is a there is a creature there. I I, I don't it, I don't understand. I can't describe it. It's it's like nobody can see it. I see it, Phil. I see it. You, you mean to tell me none of you see that thing? See what uh, thing? What the heck are you talking about? See, I told you, I'm tired of people fucking faking ghost inspectors. That, that's a fucking ghost, Epstein. That's a ghost dog bear thing. Absolutely. I know we've been up late, and you two did have some extra brandy, but I mean, really. Listen, listen. There's nothing there, guys. You got to clean out your eyes or something, because I I swear to you, I I can see it clear as day. It is, it is, it is, it is some sort of ghost dog bear thing. It is um, almost casually walking down the street in that direction. Is it, is it like? Is it? Uh, does it appear to be like walking through people or around no, people? Or no people. It, it's it's avoiding people. Yes, if there's somebody on the sidewalk. Okay. It walks That's, around them. There's nothing there. You see anybody Trust, else reacting besides you? Can hear you, the, you can hear the fire engines. Um, and the, the ringing of the bell for the fire. That's the, that's the men who will take care of this. You guys, we've worked together for how many years? Trust me and Phil. Let's follow this. Ghost dog let's, let's, All right. Well, Epstein's going to follow after him. Fine. It's not my job to take care of this fire anyways. <laughs> I, I mean, there's nothing we can do. Let, let's follow after it from a safe distance. Yes, yes. Right. Absolutely. Right. You guys right. follow after your dog bear thing i want to stay here i'm gonna maybe some neighbors need help try to evacuate nearby buildings yeah the the people that you know people are kind of in hysterics people are worried about the other buildings catching fire as well yeah the the next door the next door units right all right actually is there like a uh is there a way to the back of this store you'd actually have to go to the end of the block and then go down the alley i'll go do that just to uh, see if there's like any like detective work, so to speak. Okay. Well, like I say, the building's engulfed in flames, so you can't get within thirty feet of it, or you're going to get burned. I'm hoping that if someone came through, fr- they okay. blew it up, went to the back, and ran away, or something. Right. Footprints, yada yada. So, um, we'll we'll do it this way. Um, Detective Frank, uh, you run around down the alley to the back, but the uh, the alley is completely empty. And the alley is pretty well lit up because of the fire. You know, the fire is lighting up everything in the area. Um, uh, Cole, uh, as you're standing there, the fire brigade uh, appears. They they uh, all get out. They get people to back away. They, uh, they have their big... Uh, hand-pumped um, fire engine. They're, they're spraying fire, on, they're spraying water on it. Um, one of the, the police, I mean, the, or the police, police show up too. Uh, the uh, the firemen's asked you, uh, did you see what happened? Uh, no, sir, we were just leaving the uh, Corbin Hall right down here. And uh-huh. uh, it was, uh, all of a sudden, um, we heard this big explosion. So there was an explosion. Is that, that's correct, John, right? 
Detective? Yeah. Uh, Detective's in the back of the building. <laughs> okay. John, is that John's with me? Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I saw the, it was a large explosion. The glass blew out, um, flames. Um, we came rushing down here to see if anyone was hurt. Help them out. I can't even step in there to see what's no, going on I in don't, there. If there was somebody in there, I don't see how they could possibly have survived. Um, uh, well, you know, if we have any questions for you, we'll ask, but we've got to get the fire out. So they start right. doing that. So Professor Epstein and Phil, you are walking down the street chasing this thing. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yes. All right. So you're, you're watching it, and it's not walking at any great pace, but it is lumbering, like you'd expect from a gigantic bear dog thing. Do, a, do an idea roll. I got a nine. No. Okay. Uh, I got a 79, so it's a fail. Okay. Well, uh, Professor Epstein, you know the area pretty well. You both do, but you know this particular area because you're not far from the university. Your guess is that it's heading towards the cemetery. Um, Phil, if I, if my guess is correctly, I, th I think it's heading towards the cemetery. Uh, if, if, uh, I suppose none of this makes sense, but I guess. I, I would imagine a ghost would go to a cemetery. I, I, I don't. Uh, uh, I'm very puzzled by this. Say, are you are you are you at all good at sketching? Uh, I, we, we've got to we've got to get a sketch of this. Uh, uh, no, um, it's moving too fast for me to take a photo. So, uh, yes, unfortunately, I'm 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 no good at sketching. Um, but I I'm going to continue to follow it. Yeah, but I'm I'm going to do like a crude sketch as we follow. Right. So. It, it, in fact, does. It gets to the end of the street, uh, and it turns into the, uh, the cemetery, and it begins to cross the cemetery. And as it does, the, uh, the light in the sky it has gotten bright enough. It's, it's going on oh, 5.45 or so, and the first little rays of the sun begin to peek through the trees around you. And as they do, the creature seems to be fading away. But as it's fading, it suddenly stops in the cemetery and it turns back and it looks at the two of you and you see the flaming blue eyes that it has. And it seems to have a look of recognition like it sees you. And then it completely oh. fades away. As the sun comes up, it starts hitting the area, and it's did gone. You, did you see that, Phil? It, 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 yeah, it, it, it looked right at us. It was like it acknowledged us, and we could see it. I've never seen such a thing, and it, it looked like its eyes were made of fire. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. That's uh, that's not, not like anything I've, I've ever seen before, or any uh, thing I've studied. Professor Epstein wants to walk over to where it disappeared and, and take a look in the area and see if there's any um, anything out of the ordinary. It's good idea. Okay. Um, it's the Arkham Cemetery next to St. Paul's Church. Um, there Was is it near any specific headstones or anything like that? It doesn't, I mean, 
Yeah, I'm sure it was. Okay. But you're seeing bishops and Abernathy's and and all the names that you'd expect to see in this particular cemetery. Okay. Nothing of note. Nothing of note. Although you probably write down the names that you do find. Yes, I'll, I pull out a little notepad and start alphabetizing. Yeah, you said that the it's a very early morning. Is the sun coming up at all yet? Like, do we have yes. light at all? Yes, the sun is up. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's, not, take it's out... not up, but it's yeah. you've got plenty of light. You, uh, you've gonna... had you've had a lot of light. Like I said, the sun was okay. starting to come up before gotcha. this happened. Yeah, and I'm even going to take out my my little uh, uh, my Kodak number two brownie and try to like take a photo of just like the cemetery around where we last saw it. You know, get okay. you know get a couple of the headstones in there. You know, whatever the nearby area is, so we can show the guys. Um, right. You know, then we'll, a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be a while to develop, but. <laughs> meanwhile, the rest of you are back at the fire and uh, the firemen are concentrating most of their efforts on the buildings on either side to make sure that they don't catch on fire. Um, the entire inside of the building is pretty much gutted and still in flames. Uh, it's going to take them probably a uh, an hour or so before they can get everything under control. Um, what would you guys like to do? Um, I'm going to try to find the uh, our part friends that went on ahead. Hey, okay. Cole, hey, Cole, let's go find the um, the professor and um, um, the other scientist. Stops. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's much we can do here. Didn't they say they yeah. saw something walking down the street? Is that, yeah. is that what I heard? Yeah. Hey, Jordan, we're gonna try to find the the, the prof and the uh, and stops. Oh, you're saying my last name? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. I'm going to um, talk to some of the neighbors really quick. See what if they saw anything strange. All right. Well, catch up with us because they started walking down that way. Yeah. Roger that. I'll drive, I'll drive over. Mm -hmm. I really wonder what they saw. <clears throat> All right. So you catch up with them pretty quickly. So gentlemen, what did you actually see? I know I gave you a hard time about um, the, the fire, but, Obviously, you were intrigued enough that both of you what? All right, so have, you both have degrees, so I have to respect that at least. I um, I'm not an artist, but I took a sketch. Um, I was not able to take a photo because it was uh, it was moving too much. Uh, I did, however, take a photo of where we last saw it. It seems it went to this a cemetery. Um, I can, you know I'll have to get developed to show you the exact you know we can look at the tombstones if it matters, but. Uh, it was just you know it, you know it, it went over to the cemetery and um, you know here's what it kind of looks like and I give you I show you the sketch where it kind of looks like the dog bear thing. Um, it looks like something I went fire, on a hunting trip. You know, fire in the eyes and and it uh, you know. it seemed to almost um, once it reached the cemetery and the dawn finally peaked over the buildings, it seemed to just disappear. But before it did, it. It turned and it looked at me and Phil and it, it acknowledged us. And uh, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Oh. Um, would would my like study of the local area and like 
like uh, local like mythology, possibly like would this be making you can, ringing any bells in my head or anything like that? Well, as far you as could that? you could roll. Okay, what, what would you like me to roll? Like have that? some of you guys have extra skills like folklore and stuff like that. See if there's something like that on there. Otherwise, history or. Why don't you show me the picture? I know a lot about natural world um, history. Would that fit in of me recognizing maybe what it was? Well, from the drawing, it doesn't look like anything you've ever That is a 64. I I failed my folklore roll. roll. I succeeded a history roll. Okay. 64 out of 70. Well, sometimes ghosts in history have been here. They're usually people, not usually weird giant animals um since it went to the cemetery i don't know some sort of something associated with the dead but you have no you've you've never seen a a, an illustration of anything that looked like this so maybe it's some sort of protector spirit so gentlemen just so i understand so you're saying that you saw this beast leave that burning building just as we arrived, walk down the street to the cemetery here and then disappeared after acknowledging you? Is that is that it wasn't a yes. beast. Okay. But it was it was more of like a like maybe a specter or something because it was like the nobody else could see it and it was just you know it, you know casually walking down the road and then yeah it, it it went down to the cemetery and then it turned and saw us and then it disappeared faded away oh i think someone should contact the local uh, paranormal society um yeah, they can look into oh it. sure hold on uh let me oh, right. uh, that's let us me, yeah let, yeah let me write the the arcane yeah, the arcane society in arkham yes, oh wait <laughs> your wit knows no bounds klein i um, do my best i do my best you i know we sound like people we normally try to um prove a wrong or debunk but i promise you fellows that sometimes we have run into as you all well know things that actually hmm, do go bump in the night and i think this may be one of those rare occasions as to why me and phil could be the only ones who saw it i have no clue Ah, it definitely requires further investigation agreed Hmm. But I didn't notice you guys before this? We followed it the whole way here, but only at the last moment, right before it faded from our sight, it it seemed to acknowledge us. Is it, is it, it's as if it didn't care about anybody or, or anyone, you know, it just sort of you know, casually walked along, not caring about the people, looking at the fire. And it was only at the end that it even acknowledged us. And what, what I, do you, can you identify exactly what, area of the cemetery was that when it would it disappear i i took a yeah. photo I'd, I'd have to get it developed for you like we can describe it uh okay well, can i like my i'll we, I, let's walk Professor over there and a walk them over sure. and yeah, show them the area the general area where it disappeared and let me pull head, out my pen and notebook head, check the headstones yeah maybe there's a okay um you would guess that there's maybe three different headstones that it might have been in front of when it disappeared. Um, Jeremiah Bishop, um, John Abernathy, and uh, Michael Gilman. 
Do any of those headstones have any kind of symbols on them? I mean, they probably do. Other, other than the obvious? like No, nothing trust. unusual. What was the first and name? These, again, are all, these are all fairly well, well known. What was names. the first name? It was uh, John Abernathy, Michael Gimmon. What was the first one? Yeah, uh, the first one was Bishop. Bishop. Last name. First name. Yeah, last name. Um, so you guys are standing there. You can see the smoke rising up. Uh, it's not that far away. I mean, it's just down the street, down Main Street. Um, uh, there, they, they. It looks like you don't see any flames any longer, so they've managed to probably put out most of the fire. Uh, but it's still a big s smoking. And, and uh, you, my sorry. character's still there, so. Uh, oh, your you character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've managed to, to tamp down the fire. Um, there's a lot of smoke, and it smells of fire. Um, it, and you said it was a jewelry store? Uh, it was Haywright's Jewelry Store. Haywright's Jewelry. Yeah. Gentlemen, has, has anyone been a customer at that store? Do we know anything about the owner, the people that work there? It's possible John. He's the dilettante. Um, it was a fairly reputable jewelry store. John, are you still with us? I'm sorry. I, yeah, or am I see you blinking in your eyes? Yep, John Pickford. <laughs> yeah, you, you I met I met uh, John Pickford knows that it's, it's a recent uh, it's a it's a decent jewelry store. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good store. They had to do high the quality stuff. family for a while. Yeah, uh, so you know now I'm thinking about it. Well, if you guys are correct about this, shouldn't we um, be doing some research on the past? Most of these buildings go back a ways. Um, maybe one of these three um, names we have possibly had something to do with this actual piece of property since um, uh, the appearance of, the, of this, um, I guess, hound or bear appeared here I and mean, what do you think i i think it's as good a place as any i'm i'm curious about the store where it originated yeah that's, that's why i find out more yeah are you guys going to walk back towards yeah we're going to walk back areas. all right so by the time you get back and you see uh you see detective jordan uh standing there smoking a cigarette um by now, the uh, there's everything is wet in the in the store. Uh, there's still smoke, um, and they're you know they've managed to put out the fire more or less. The uh, chief of the fire department is there. Uh, police is there, um, and they're starting to take a look to see what happened. Uh, what would you guys like to do? So, my character has been waiting for everything kind of to blow over, so the panic ensues. Probably walk up to the mate, the major uh, foreman, and ask, "Hello, uh, det private detective Frank." Uh, oh, hey, Frank. <laughs> private that? detective Frank. Um, do, I know this guy. Do I know yeah, this guy? you know him. Why not? <laughs> You're um, it's it's a small town. 
Yes. Um, have any have any uh, clues or anything that have gone through? Any of the well, neighbors tell you anything? You said that. I mean, you 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 and your friends were across the street, and you said it was an explosion. So our first thought is a gas explosion. Um, but huh. do gas explosions glow pink? I don't know. Depends. If there was something that they. Uh, I've never actually seen a real gas explosion explode. Uh, anyways, but he says you can see over here where the pipes are that um, there might have been a problem. Uh, who knows? Um, Frank, you also no you noticed two things. One is um, there's a, 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 a one of the policemen's on the other side of the room. And he is standing in front of something that is covered in a tarp, which you might guess is a body. Um, and there's also the only other thing that actually survived the blast. Uh, all of the furniture, the cabinets, stuff went everywhere. But there is a big uh, metal safe um, that was part that was in an office in the back uh, that survived. It's about three feet wide and three feet deep and about six feet high. It's a big gigantic thing. So that, that survived completely intact. Um, I'll have to get my safe locking kit from the car, but first I'm gonna walk, Frank's gonna walk straight to the cop, uh, smoking his cigarettes. Hello, Officer Jordan. Uh, howdy. Uh, uh, so, looks, looks like a body. I mean, that's what he says to you. He looks like he's a little green. So was this a store owner, or do you have any uh, knowledge of who this was? I don't know. We called the uh, the uh, dock for him to come down and see what he can see. It's not much to identify here. So, uh, so this body is like in the building, and the, the fire's out, the body's inside, or is it? Like the bodies, the body's inside, and so, it is covered in the tarp. And the fire. Um, by out. now, the, the four of you have have re, have joined detective. And as oh, you okay. see in the, in the the chat, I said that you guys, you guys have a reputation in the town, so it's not like, who the hell are you people? You know. Well, Jordan, I'm gonna have to see the body. This is now an investigation of the Arcane Society. Well, you. You better, uh, I hope you didn't have breakfast. Never do, you know this. So how about the four of you? Are you guys nearby now when he's going to look? Yeah, I guess so. I've, yeah. I've stuck to, you know. Yeah. I'm going to take a step back. Take yeah, a step so back. am I, I, a little apprehensive. Well, when Detective Jordan pulls it back, it is difficult to identify Um. You definitely know it's human, but uh, it's what you'd expect to see from somebody who is in a, uh, a terrible fire. Uh, the clothing, the clothing's all gone. Um, you, detective, do a spot for me. Uh, Twenty-four. Twenty-four. That would be, I believe, a just a hard. A hard. Okay. 
So you're you're willing to sort of hunker down and take a look. The rest of you can do constitutional roles because it's pretty horrific. Um, as you're looking, there are a few signs that you That's pick up. That okay. Uh, if you failed, then do uh, uh, you you probably get sick, and you uh, you have to get out of the building. The smoke and the the, <laughs> the smell of, of bacon or cooking people Ugh. a little bit too much. Um, Georgie, so, get them out of here. We don't want them messing up the evidence. <laughs> so, so, detective, you're uh, you're you're picking up on little clues. Um, you're pretty sure that. On the one hand, a couple of the fingernails survived, and they look rather long. Um, and you're pretty sure that uh, that this person was wearing a necklace of some sort. Uh, the metals actually melted and uh, put a distinct sort of, uh, I don't know how, the impression on the, on the body. Um, so you're guessing it might have been a female. Hmm. Um, do we know anybody who frequents this place more than once or twice? At 5.30 in the morning? No, in general. Like <laughs> someone who would come here often. Could be anybody. Know. Anybody in the town. But the, they probably wouldn't be here at 5.30 in the morning. It's a jewelry store, so I might want to ask the diligent... I, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that. Who's the owner of this store? Uh, the Burton. owner is John and Valerie Haywright. I'm sorry, John and Valerie Burton. Yeah, it's John and Valerie Burton. Um, now, do I do I happen to know they live here or they live someplace else? They live in town. You're pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, they live in town. I'm quite sure the cops are coming to get them right now. <laughs> I sure hope it's not Valerie. Oh, yeah. Oh. Nice jewelry she's wearing, long fingernails. I give it about a 75% chance that this is Valerie or some robber who blew herself up. Well, Valerie sometimes works in the shop, so she doesn't always wear, you know, always have long nails. Hmm. All right, let's go down the 50% then. Anyways. Um, hmm. Sean. That to, uh, um, this is uh, John Pickford. Mm-hmm. Um, do uh, do an idea roll. This is kind of for memory. Well, that was a extreme excess. Okay. Um, At 06. You're f- you're you're not really familiar with the Burtons, um, but you do know a little bit because you're. You're, you know stuff um, about parties and stuff. You're pretty sure, well, you're, you're definitely sure that uh, uh, the Haywright, Haywrights was originally owned by Avery Haywright, mm-hmm. and that's Valerie's dad. Um, then she married uh, John Burton, and um, she was the kind of person that really wanted to be a socialite and be involved in all the social things. Uh, but she and her husband weren't really the, the right kind of people, so to speak, you know. Um, they were a little too tacky common. Uh, uh, yeah. 
And they were sort of want, you know, both her and particularly her, but both her and her husband wanted to be part of the scene. But, you know, they were you know, a little bit uh, blunt or, you know, maybe um, a little for the, the crowd, a little bit too much of the touch of the common, if you know what I mean. Hmm. So a motive could be could be that they poke their head into the into the scene and they don't want them. But I don't see why that would con- consider to be burning down a jewelry store and murder. So especially their own place, that doesn't make sense. I could see definitely some hazing, but nothing this severe. Well, the the, the firefighter did say they suspect it's a, a some sort of gas explosion, so it, it could be a perfectly innocent explanation. That doesn't explain yeah. the the monster that the two of you saw going down to the cemetery. Could be some sort of smoke uh, hallucination induced by whatever gases they pl- plug into our brains these days. I'm going to check that safe really quick. Okay. <laughs> but first, I need to grab my uh, safe cracking rules. I'll be right back. All right. I sure hope it wasn't one of the Burtons. That would be a sad loss for the town. It's a good jewelry store. Can't imagine them doing this to their place. So, Detective Frank, you get your tools and uh, you uh, you come back inside. And uh, your your intention is to try to crack the safe. Yes. Okay. Um, police Locksmith. and firemen are here. Uh, uh, I'll explain to the police I'm doing this for evidence reasons. All right. Um, they, I will actually make Officer Jordan watch me do it. All right. Go ahead and uh, do your. Do you have a lock picking skill? Yes, that's. I have a pretty high one actually. I still failed at a seventy-seven. Okay. So you're fiddling with the safe. Um. And as you're fiddling with the safe, uh, a police car uh, pulls up and uh, leaping out of the passenger seat is uh, a man that some of you recognize, it's John Burton. And he comes running out and he's like, oh my God, is is, is she in there? And they sort of restrain him. Um, I, 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 I go out there, um, Mr. Burton. Oh my God! Your wife didn't come down here, did she? She did. She she got up about four o'clock. Oh my God! She came down here to. She wanted to check on something, something in the in the in the shop. She she sometimes gets a a a bug in her, you know. To oh my God. Is she dead? Well, I suspect she probably is. There's a body in there, but the fire burnt everything um, beyond recognition. However, um, and we, I mean, I, I, I grab him by the shoulder. I go, uh, you know, as in support. I go, um, come with me. Um, The police have something that you need to, someone that you need to, to identify hope and pray it's uh, um uh, it's not her oh my god 
So you you're gonna take him in and yeah, show him the body. Oh my god. Well, I'm, well, because he's gonna have to identify her anyway. So, um, yeah, is, is my thought. Uh, you suddenly become closer to John than you've ever been before because as as I mean, he starts to hold on to you like yes, you know, uh, and he becomes almost hysterical when uh, yeah. when he sees the body. Says, oh my god, Valerie, Valerie, oh my god. And I remember it might not be her. So sorry, your loss. No, no, it's her. It's her. Of course it's her. Oh my god. I wouldn't assume anything. I said. Well then where is she? Well, just check it. There's a few things that are identifiable. Uh, um, officer. What do you want the opposite? Because uh, he's near the body. I assume right. he would re- re- open, take the cover off. Oh, I thought he already did. Um, All right. Yeah, yeah, I have him too. No, he, he becomes hysterical when he sees her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Did your he wife sh- have long nails like this? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Was she? And, uh, hold on a second. <laughs> okay. At this point, he sort of collapses. All right. Uh, I you hope, have to keep I, him I, from hitting yeah. the ground. Yeah, I, I pick him up and take him out and say, excuse me, officers. Is there, you know, and I take him out. Is there like a, one of those store benches nearby or? Sure. Yeah, I take him out there. Um, I get out my hip flask and unscrew it. Yeah, this might help. He, uh, he just, he becomes... He has a, a reaction to, I guess, maybe it's grief or whatever. He doesn't want your damn flask. He, uh, All right, he gets up away. and he just he just starts walking down the street. I, I, I'll follow behind him just to make sure he's okay. Okay. Um, from what you know of where he lives, he's probably just walking in that direction at this point. Yeah, well, I'm just going following to make sure okay. he doesn't do anything <clears throat> right. foolish. Um, and I, I, and I, I look at the officers, and I, I look at him and go, I'm, uh, can I go, I, in, in El Soto, I'm following him to make sure he doesn't do anything foolish. Sure. All right. Well, you follow him, and there's a few moments when he stops in his tracks and he just for you know a few moments he looks almost catatonic and then he just he shakes his head and he keeps going and you can see that he's crying and carrying on and finally he he walks up the street towards his house now he has a fairly that the haywright house is a very nice house um uh, avery haywright built it um and uh the the haywright jewelry store has made pretty good money over the years so they've got a fairly good place. And, you know, he sort of thanks you for, for walking him home. Uh, he just, he needs to lie down. He doesn't know. Oh, I understand. Sleep. I understand. It's, it's heartbreaking. Um, you know where to get a hold of me if you want to talk. Of course. And he goes into his house. Okay. And I, will walk. Right. I will walk back. Okay. So what do the rest of you want to do? Oh, the safe. Um, all right. So nobody seemed to care that you were 
trying to open the safe. Uh, go ahead and do another uh, uh, lockpick roll. All righty. Let's push this. Wait, I rolled two 100s. Give me a second. Two 100s in a roll? <laughs> That I believe <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Um, all right, locksmith. That is a hard. Okay, so you're really having trouble with this damn lock, but um, it finally pops and it opens up. There's not a lot in here. There are a few uh, black. Um, velvet boxes that have possibly their most expensive jewelry, which they keep in the safe and they only put it out, you know, during working hours. So fortunately they haven't lost that, that, that whatever they can be. There's probably a few bundles of money and there is, um, there is a file folder that's got some papers in it. Uh, that's kind of underneath one of the boxes. It's probably the only thing that wouldn't be missed if you grabbed it. Frank's going to look at Officer George and say, all right, make sure you mark down everything that I'm about to touch so you know for a fact, you know the drill so I don't steal anything, yada, yada. Right. I'm going to go through the jewelry first, the black, okay. black boxes. It's just jewelry. All right. Bags of money will be fine. They're bags of money. Right. And let's go straight to the papers. Okay. There are three pieces of paper inside this file folder and two of them seem to be written in a foreign language. Um, the first one is a small piece of paper and it ha it looks like this. Is that Russian? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Russian. I, I think, would my character be smart enough to know this is Russian? You you were smart enough to know it's Russian, so I mean, yeah, you recognize the language, yeah, but point. you can't read it. Anybody um, happen to speak Russian? Yeah, anybody speak Russian here, George? Anybody? Nobody speaks Russian. Um, Next paper. The second piece of paper looks very old, um, like. Uh, like something torn out of an antique old book. Um, uh, it's also written in what looks like Russian. It looks like this. All right, third time's the charm. And the final piece looks like this. It's pretty Dormitory, Travel Bureau, 5310 West 81st Street, Lower Manhattan, New York, specialist. Here. East European travel since 1897. Dear Mr. Byrne, please find and close your travel itinerary. Be aware that your their liner leaves pending last tide on the noted liner on which you will complete your return voyage. Although we will advise you for this on arrival in Vladiv Vladivostok. Vladivostok. We wish your journey is pleasant and safe one. And do hope you find Russia an exciting and wondrous country. Yours sincerely, Peter Dormantry. Uh, Peter 
Darman Tree, travel manager of the Travel Bureau. Hmm. And that is dated about five months ago. Seems like this seems like Mr. Uh, what was his last name, George? Burton? Yes, Mr. Burton went on a on a vacation five months ago. Interesting. Um, would I know, or could I roll like a journalism to know about what's going on in Russia right now as a character? It's it's not important to discover. Okay. It's like, why would you want to go to Russia right now? They they just had a revolution. You know, the 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 communists are in power. Why why would you want to go there? Jewelry. I guess. Uh, it just seems like uh, I don't know. Seems seems like not the kind of place you would want to go to buy jewelry, given the recent uproar. But I, maybe that's just me as a journalist. I don't know. Hmm. Seems does seem strange. Thank you for pointing that out, journalist. Hmm. Among my many roles among in our team. <laughs> yes, as you can see, I may be a good investigator, but I am as dumb as a brick. So, so we need to f find someone who speaks Russian or reads it, or we got to go to the libra library and find a book about how to translate it. Is there a, um, are there any Russian, like, are there any uh, Russian literature professors or Russian history professors at Miskatonic? Possibly. Knowing Miskatonic, probably, yes. So, um, what would you like to do? It is now, we'll say, um, probably around 8.30 a.m. So, were, were we like up all night on some other investigation prior to this? You afternoon? were, you are. Yeah, you were tired. So, too. we must be really exhausted at this point. But you're also <sighs> full of adrenaline. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm gonna have a hard time sleeping after all that. <clears throat> well, uh, gentlemen, I, I don't know what else we could do right right this second. Um, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm sure most of you are as well. I'm prepared to to uh, go home, uh, try to get a good, you know, at least a couple hours of sleep. And then you know, later today, we can maybe visit the library, ask questions around town. Uh, hi, gentlemen. I just walked Mr. Burton home. He was pretty upset. Um, I'm kind of glad I did so. Um, did you guys see you open the safe? Did you discover anything? Yes, we discovered two uh, notes written in Russian. Hmm. The standard and one travel voucher from a... from a travel associate. I believe. Ah. Apparently... Took a trip to Russia a couple months ago. Oh, what part of Russia? Uh, Vladivostok. Oh, on the Pacific coast? Wow. Is that where that is? I yeah, think. it's okay. over near, um, do you believe it's uh, um, along the um, Pacific coast? I, I just know it's not the most, uh, not the most stable country uh, these days. What year is it again? 1924. 1924. Well, they, yeah, the, re the revolution is just finishing up, I do believe, but, you know. Yeah, I do believe uh, the Reds are in power. Yeah, but, you know, 
It might be a smart move for a jewelry man. Um, a lot of stuff turned up, and um, um, you know, the, you know, there's a, a lot, lot of, stuff. of nobility that um, either ex- used um, Battle Astok to escape, or a lot of jewelry was, um, you know, now in other people's hands it would you know maybe it was a vacation slash business trip uh, easy way to get some high quality um romanoff jewelry i think all, she, i think all, all the romanoff jewelry was seized by the people uh, remember there was so much of it uh, sometimes things slip between the cracks or the fingers. Oh, I'm sure it did, but I don't think that any of it's left in Vladivostok in 1920, you know, in, in the, you know, at this point in time. Uh, it's still early. Some of the stuff will turn up for years. Uh, g- gentlemen, um, I'm, I'm going to leave you all to your debate about Russian jewelry and uh, uh, I'm yeah, going it to is late. coffee and I'm going to head off to the library. I, I'm, I might find myself a little bit too full of uh, curiosity and adrenaline to go to bed right now. Yeah. I will return to my, my my home and I will look for you gentlemen maybe around lunchtime. Sleep well, Mr. Klein. I'll tell uh, you what. Thank you, Dr. Professor Epstein. I'll tell you what, Dr. Uh, Professor Epstein. Oh, I, I can at least be, um, help you out with it. I may not be much of a bookworm, but I can at least assist by bringing you books and looking in sections for you. Sounds good to me. I'll give you guys a ride. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, if, if I go with you, we can take turns taking naps. Yeah. Why? Well, that's like the other college. thing I can do. I can be the runner, you know, get the, you know, get you some coffee and you know, maybe a quick um, ham sandwich. Well, then what's, let's be what's, off. Let's hit the one donut shop. That way we can get some coffee right now. Yes, donuts. So you guys get all hopped up on donuts and coffee and uh, yeah, the adrenaline. So you're, you're, you're weary, but you're not that sleepy at the moment. Um, So you're going to go to the library. Um, You arrive at the library and uh, you start, uh, obviously you're going to look around. Uh, what are you guys looking for? We'll go we'll go bit by bit. Um, uh, Phil, what are you going to be looking for at the library? Yeah, uh, I want to look around, maybe try to look at, find books on, um, you know, folklore and spirits, you know, ghost type stuff. Uh, look for maybe historical, like, or like I said, more folklore type stuff. See if there's anything that matches what we saw, anything like it. Okay. Um, do a library roll. Okay. Uh, ooh, that's a five. Ooh, that's a that's five. So that's an extreme. Um, you find that they have a fairly limited mm-hmm. uh, amount of stuff on folklore, um, and nothing on Russian folklore. Okay, that's uh, unfortunate. But with a five, you talk to the librarian, mm-hmm. um, and the librarian says, "Well, you know, we don't have." a lot of stuff on folklore and stuff, but the university does. Okay. 
they have a much larger library than our library. And of course, they study things like that. The Miskatonic yeah. has a fairly large cult library. Um, how about the rest of you? Uh, Professor Epstein would want to look up um, the 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 three names on the gravestones. On the gravestones, the, okay. Yeah, so Bishop and Abernathy and. Well, there are there are a lot of town records that are kept at the library, and you start looking them up, but there doesn't seem to be anything unusual about uh, uh, unusual about these particular people. Um, there's a tendency in Arkham. Uh, to uh, to refer to the undesirables as the uh, the degenerated branches of families, and then the ones that aren't degenerated. And all of these people are like the the undegenerated uh, uh, bishops and Abernathy's and so forth. Um, so. There's even uh, undegenerated Waitleys in the town, but uh, there are also farm folk out there that are <laughs> but none of these are them okay hmm. so no connection uh, uh, John Cole I'm, I'm, I'm not really a library person so I'm just, just trying to assist him with uh, with getting things that and bringing him coffee okay um, it's not my strong point, but what my strong point is, is just providing them help. Okay. Frank is sleeping in the car. Frank is sleeping in the car. Okay. And Cole? Yeah. Uh, I'm at home, sleeping. Oh, you went home. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, what would you like to do now? It's probably about nine o'clock. Oh, um, gentlemen, I was just thinking, doesn't this university have a... Um, uh, Russian studies department, or at least uh, uh, several, uh, someone here that would know um, Russian. At, at, yes, at the university, we 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 should have. Um, hmm. There's there's definitely a languages department. Uh, would I would I know of a professor that I work with at uh, Miskatonic? Do a do a luck roll. Luck roll. What is my luck? A 39 out of 60. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there is a, 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 ling, a language, a linguistics teacher, um, uh, Professor Nick Kokolov. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we could maybe take it to uh, Professor Kokolov and uh, have him read it for us. I, he, he should be in his offices today. Oh, excellent, excellent. And I think the library over at um, the university yeah. probably could be a little bit... Um, better for definitely all right all right well, let's we'll wake, wake up, up. let's we'll wake, wake up, up frank, frank and yeah. head over there okay so uh you uh you all head over to the university except for cole who's asleep um you arrive at the university and you're going to go see professor nick kokolov so you come up to his office uh, just as some students are, are walking out, you guys walk in. Uh, oh, yes, uh, can I help you? 
Uh, yes. Uh, hello, Professor. Um, oh, hello, Doctor Epstein. How are yes, you? Yes. Uh, Hopefully the day finds you well. Um, I was wondering if you would have a moment to do me a favor. Of course. Um, yes, I was wondering if you could please translate these uh, these two um, these two pieces of paper for me. Oh well, let's see. What uh, uh, you show them the small one first? Yeah. It's like oh okay. Well, this is this is just regular Russian. Um, it seems. Vaguely familiar. Hold on, let me get the pencil. Let me write this down. And he uh, very quickly translates it and then uh, slides it back to you and says, here you go, this is what this says. Uh, it is from a uh, book called The Darkness of the North. Uh, yes, uh, so the the sons of uh, Velas, am, am Velas. I pronouncing... Velis. Correct, yes, Velis. Are the guardians of the soul, guides in the afterlife, to touch their resting places to ensure your safe passage to God. Born from their father's love of all that is good in the world, they reside in small trinkets awaiting the passing of their owner to help them leave the mortal coil. Yes. Seems am, kind of... I am 90%, 90 sure that it is from the darkness of the north, uh, that is a, a book on Russian folklore by uh, Sergei Romantov. Uh, there should be copies of it in the, uh, the, the library. What are these sons of Velas? Oh, well, I don't know. The, the, you know, it's old uh, pre-Christian religion in hmm. Russia. Um, Pagan. It's, and... Uh, what what about this this one, prof Professor? Oh my goodness! This. Now then, let's just look at this. This is not in modern Russian. It's in the uh, Slavonic. My goodness! I'd say from at least four hundred years ago. It's difficult. Let me um. This will take me a little bit of time. And he reaches up onto his shelf and pulls down a big lexicon of Russian. Um, he says, this, this, this will take me a little bit of time to, to translate. It's fascinating, though. The, it looks like it's uh, quite old. Um, give me a couple of hours. I should be able to. Uh, of, of, of course, of course. Um, we'll, um, we'll go look up this... Uh darkness of the north in the uh the library of course okay yes um please um yeah come back in about two hours okay i should be able to translate this for you thank you thank you once again professor thank you all right so you guys leave and you head back to the library um all right who wants to look or the book. Um, Professor Epstein would happily look. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll also take a look. You can go first. All right, so, so Phil and, and uh, Doug do library things. That is a 65 out of... 65, all right. How'd you do, Phil? 
Uh, I failed by 10, so I can okay. spend 10 luck, but if you pass. There's so, yeah, he passed. Yeah. All right, so uh, Professor Epstein, you finally find the book. It's a fairly large book. Um, so it takes you 10 or 15 minutes of thumbing through it to see if you can find anything on the, the, the Sons of Velens. And ultimately, you do. You find this page. Extracts from the Darkness of the North, Stories from Russian Folklore by Sergei Romantov. Uh, the Sons of Velis, the Guides of Death, the Guardians of the Soul, the Bringers of the Revenge. The Sons of Velis are known by all these names, and yet the people of ancient Russia do not fear them. Many of the old stories tell of the wicked deeds of men that would go unpunished. How the Slavs killed the Cossack, and the Margyar slaughtered the Chechens, or how women and children were trampled down where horses, or by horses or burnt in their homes. But the people believed that once these wicked men were dead, they would at least pay for their sins. Velus, the god of the underworld, as punishment for their crimes, would not allow them to sleep eternal. Velus hated the chaos man wrought on each other, and wished rather than they danced or wished rather that they danced or sang, made merry or made love. Above all, he loved animals and those who treated flocks and herds with respect they deserved, for it was not the herds that fed man. As a reward to those men and women who cherished his creatures, he gave them gifts, sacred jewel containers in which resided a son of Velus. These small reliquaries, although precious in life, were more so in death. As on the wearer's death, the son that resided within awoke and guided the departed to the loving arms of Velus. Unfortunately, today these stones are long gone, vanished like those that worshiped Velus. The sons of Velus are described as large and immensely strong. To their charges, they appear as friendly beasts, but to others, they are ravenous monsters. Invisible during the day, they always return at night to complete their one and only task. They never, they never fail in all the stories that speak of them, except for one, the tale of the wicked thief. That tale speaks of an evil man on his deathbed who, by some vicious deed, had acquired a jewel of Velus. A virtuous woodsman learnt of this crime against Velus and prayed to the god for guidance. Velus, being a loving and caring god, heard these prayers and came to the woodsman, who in turn explained what had happened. Upon hearing this, Velus was full of sorrow, for although he did not wish for the evil man to enter the underworld, he knew his son would not be stopped from fulfilling his task for this is the purpose it was created for. The woodsman asked if nothing could defeat a son of Velus, and the god cried out in sadness. Yes, he did know of a way of defeating his son, but he loved him almost as much as he loved mankind, so he loathed to reveal it. Yet Velus, the god, had little choice. An evil soul could not enter the underworld without balance and peace being lost in the world, and so, with tears in his eyes, the god told the woodsman the secret of his son's destruction. That night, as the evil man died, the woodsman lay in wait. He, <clears throat> and as the son of Velus appeared, the woodsman challenged it. With a large mirror, he confounded the sun by showing it its true reflection. As the beast stood gazing, the woodsman raised his bow and lit the head of one of his arrows, taking aim not to miss the woodsman, let fly, striking the sun in the heart. How terribly did the son of Velus cry out, but it fell. Its task could not be completed, and, it's, and it fled back to the arms of his father. 
It vowed that from that day forth, its brothers would hunt to the ends of the earth those that harm the true bearers of the jewels, so never again would a sun fail in its task. So we can assume that you guys have been there for a couple of hours. And uh, then you're going to... Uh, uh, Cole suddenly comes walking in. He finds you. <clears throat> I don't know how you guys are doing this on, on zero sleep. Actually, I should say, is there anything else you want to look up in the... Yeah, I'm going to look... Is there an, like an international newspaper... And our, I know I, by this time point, is there such a thing as a international Herald Tribune or at least an international version of the New York Times? Or maybe I have to use a British newspaper. I don't know. I mean, you're in the United States. so Yeah, well, I'm gonna, since we're in a university library, I'm going to look at um, maybe an English version of a newspaper that covers the news in um, the Pacific, maybe uh, something that might pick up something that happened in Vatalastic. And I'm looking particularly around five months ago. Um, uh, five, you know, and I figure. Do a, do a library use. <laughs> You're going to try to find something about Vladivostok in a newspaper five no. months ago. In the university. I find an interesting article about cricket. I have journalism and library let's, use. Let's put it this way. If you had gotten an 01, mm. I would have told you that you can't find anything. Because okay. <laughs> I right. don't have anything. I found an interesting article about cricket. Um, all right. Anything else you guys want to look up while you're... Looking through the library, you have the entire university library at your disposal. I do. I do have a quick question. Sure. Um, so about the the historical society or mm -hmm. like the the arcane society, we've solved a couple of cases. Are we solving them in the like the Scooby Doo pull the rubber mask off you, you dang kids fashion, or are we solving some of them in a more like arcane? Um, perform a um, ritual type fashion no almost all of the things that you've ever done have been very much in the scooby-doo fashion okay people, okay people pretending to have ghosts and you guys find that they're you know making oh. smoke and then projecting pictures on the, the smoke and did, did you gentlemen find someone to translate those uh the russian letters yeah. uh, yes and it led us to a book listen this is going to sound it's probably sound a little crazy, but I think I think we're onto something here. I think day. what we saw was the son of Velez. I, and that's some sort of mythical possible. beast, is that? Apparently, um, mm. it, and we, uh, I, I would relate what I I had already told to the others about what was in the book and. Right. told the tale to Mr. Klein. And so, and we have evidence that the owner of Mr. I'm sorry, what was it? Mr. Burton. Burton. Mr. Burton. We have evidence that he went to Russia yes. several months yep. ago, mm -hmm. came back, and then um, it sounds like 
this writing you're referring to, it, it mentioned some some jewelry. Is that right? Trinkets? Mentioned, yes. Uh, some stone. sort of stone amulet yeah. or... Amulet? Yeah, some, some, some sort of, basically, some sort of trinket, exactly like you said, that is uh, apparently of immense power. And um, anybody, they, they could be they could be misused and throw the whole world out of balance. I, I know I saw like this a, piece, but... Uh, I thought it was more of like a guaranteed the person who was given this a chance to get uh, to go um, into heaven. Yes, originally that is that is the use. that, that That's what their main intended use is. But apparently um, somebody could possibly pervert this use and, and gain entrance to the... Um, to paradise when they shouldn't an oh, unworthy yes. soul and this would um and then result in the our world the the mortal world to be thrown into chaos it does it does it does seem like as much as i hate to say it that this could have been one of these sons of Velas, me and me and Phil saw. So, so presumably, the oh, the woman who passed away, she had this trinket. She dies, and that releases this this mythical uh, beast. Might, Is that the theory? Might not. It might have been that they had, or one of them, and I suspect uh, might have um, harmed one of the true bearers of this trinket and one of these sons of Velos is, is um, ensuring that um, the guilty are unable to um, get to heaven. Yeah, I thought at the end it described them, them like perverting it and allowing some mm, dude to see get that. I was reading the last paragraph. Sacred jewel containers, which reside as son of Velas. Yeah, but then there's an evil man on his deathbed who, by some vicious deed, had acquired a jewel of Velas. A virtuous woodsman learned of this crime against Velas and prayed to the god for guidance. That's, and then so that night, as the evil man died, the woodsman was he was going to go to the other side, because if an evil soul entered the underworld. So the last paragraph mentions like a mirror. So they used a mirror to trick the beast. Yes. So that might be that might be relevant. I think so. The large mirror confounded the sun by showing it its true reflection. So we we're gonna show this thing its reflection. See, do you guys see what I was saying though? The what, the evil says- man. Yeah, but he says he did, he didn't want them. It doesn't say it perverts anything. It just perverts. Well, um, no, I, I, that was just that was just kind oh. of flavorful text uh, as, okay. in the role playing to say that like it was a perversion uh, okay. of the intended use. We're hearing this. Well, see, what I'm looking at is as it fled back to the arms of its father, it vowed from that day forth its brothers would hunt it to the ends of the earth those <laughs> that harmed the true bearers of the jewels. So never again would a son fail in its task. So 
Yeah, so like a, a person who harmed the bearer of the jewel is this evil man, right? So like well, not I'm not, I don't think this evil man is in play in what's going on right now. I'm just saying that like somebody yeah. does something bad with one of the jewels and then these guys show up and Right. So fuck them up. And to be clear, we've got we're starting to piece things together here. We've got the the store, the jewelry shop, right? Mm-hmm. It explodes. Maybe, maybe one of these things was, uh, you know, uh, caused the explosion by, you know, coming out of the the jewel. Um, And it would make sense that perhaps they were uh, retorting against somebody who had uh, purchased or like wrongfully gotten the jewel from Russia. Right. So maybe that's why. I I mean, I I don't know this. this, I don't know. I'm I'm getting out the, the red string here, but but. You see what I'm saying? I mean, we're onto something here. Perhaps you haven't got all the information yet. So, uh, yes. Shall we? Shall we move on? Um, all right. So you go back upstairs um, to uh, Professor Korkulov, and uh, he is he's busy busy writing. He's like, "Oh, my friends." Uh, what a very interesting thing you have here. Where did you acquire this? It, uh, it should be in the museum. Um, well, it, it may very well end up there, but uh, we acquired it in, well, you know we're all members of the Arcane Society, and it's just oh. part of a little investigation we're oh, doing. Oh, yes, yes. I used um, to come to meetings, but I haven't for a while. Uh, you really should come back. Um, it's very interesting. It seems to be from perhaps a journal or a record written by a soldier. Um, I'm not sure, uh, considering what you, you asked about in the first piece, they are definitely tied together in some way. But uh, the language here, this is most definitely at least 400 years old. Um, uh, I don't, I can't identify from which conflict it is referring to, but it's definitely written by a soldier. Here, uh, this is my translation. Let me hand this to you. Uh, I'll hand it to Phil. Well, I'm sorry. So there's there's three three documents or two? Well, total two in Russian. Two in Russian. Right. Two are in Russian. One was the the one for the travel agency. Okay, but there was a smaller piece of paper. Well, I'm sorry. Well, smaller that was piece. the first one. That one's the easy one to translate. But then that we led us to the book that gave this us is, the long this read. This is a much bigger piece. Oh, that led us to the book, and now we're reading the yeah, translation right. of these. Okay, got it, got it. All right, so he hands this to Phil. Okay. Translation of old Slavonic text, 15th century, question mark? And as night fell, we could hear it coming, son of Velez, the avenger of the dead. Its arrival proved only that one of us was the killer of the Cossack girl. This was proof. If the god beast came, then we, would not, then we could not deny that one of us had gone, da- had gone back and had killed her, revenge for the deaths of our own children. It came like lightning to the house, sundered apart, like the, it sundered apart the brace door, its eyes like glowing pools of chaos, it searched for the killer. Pasha, why did he do it? And yet, for all his begging, it did no good as the monster ripped him in half, 
nor did we stop him. N no, for none desired to be taken as well. But then it turned on Dmitri and on Vladim. Why? Oh, why? It seemed that all those who witnessed it would be, become souls it desired. No witnesses were allowed. And then it was my turn. Unable to stop the beast, I too was broken. I awoke at dawn a week later, only to discover that the Cossacks had found my shattered body and saved my life. Yet, although I healed in time, it took me seasons to walk, forever cursed, never to forget the son of Velez, ever. All that. Well, Phil. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I don't think that's good news for us. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think it is either. However, I'm a little confused because if this is one of these things and th these documents are true, then I feel like it wouldn't have been so, um, relax about acknowledging us as witnesses when we saw it perhaps yeah, it it said that during the daylight it was basically rendered powerless and invisible i'm assuming that when it's dark again tonight we're going to have to well we're gonna to have to deal with that i suppose we didn't witness any killings we just saw the aftermath it looked right through us. Uh, and I think that if it was after the husband as well, it would have had plenty of time to go after the husband, and it did not. John uh, Pickford, do an idea roll. Knowledgeful. Oh, six. Boy, I'm hot when it comes to knowledge. Excellent. Nice. You walked Mr. Burton home. And as you said what you just said, you're sitting there thinking for a moment. And if here's Main Street where the shop was, and Mr. Burton lives here the thing would have had to have crossed the cemetery to head in the direction of Mr. Burton's house. Oh, May, hold it here. I take that back. It's not done. It was heading towards Burton's house. Yeah, and I think it was right that because the sun was coming up, it wasn't that it left. It was that we were unable to see it anymore. Yeah, but... I think you two need to be worried. You also witnessed it. We didn't witness it kill, though. I don't, I don't know how any of this works. I'm not willing to take any chances in particular. But I can tell you right now, Mr. Burton is got a, if I, if I read this right and if we're correct, Burton has a big target on him. I think... Well, I think the fairy, the fairy, the folk tale or fairy tale, um, laid Assuming out a solution we believe for us. Well, if we believe what, well, what me and Phil saw, and I certainly believe it, 
we have a potential way to combat it. Um, we show it its reflection and we, I assume, burn it. Or shoot its heart, I guess. Mm. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm no good with any martial weapons. Well, you're the only two that saw it. It's currently about 11.30 a.m. Sun goes down at 7.30. So we have eight hours to figure this out, or at least to come up with a plan. Not only that, but... Do we want to try to protect Burton? Will he even believe us? If he's one of these evil men, I have no interest in being anywhere near him. Well, unfortunately, I think I think in order to save ourselves, one of the most likely ways to do that would be to set a uh, a trap where we know it's going, and that is to Burton. But you're just assuming that it's going to come after us. I'm <clears throat> yes, yes. I'm assuming it's going to come after us. In the story, it killed the witnesses right then and there. I think the only reason it didn't kill us is because the sun came up. It ran out of time. And now that, but it wasn't done with its primary mission. Well, but, but, gentlemen, you said it was walking down the street. Surely there were other bystanders out there. They didn't did they target those. Nobody no. acknowledged it except for us. Professor Epstein and uh, Phil, you also do seem to recall that it kept sniffing the air like it was trying to get its bearing on where it needed to go. So it was tracking. It, 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 it's, it almost seemed to move like a, like a dog trying to uh, figure out where, where its next meal is. It... Uh, Yes, come to think of it, I think it was moving through the cemetery. I don't, I don't think it was going to rest. Would the, um, would the Miskatonic have a, like any old, like, uh, sets of armor or anything like that? No, that's no. Really okay. Hmm. Um, everybody do an idea roll. Nice. It's uh, 11. So is that just our intelligence? Intelligence, yeah. Regular success? Success. Okay. Regular success. But Professor Epstein, you got an 11. Is that a hard? I think um, so. My intelligence is eighty-five. Oh, that's an extreme then. So yeah, extreme. Um, the one gap in your knowledge is you don't know that much about Mister Burton. As yes. far as you know, the Hayride Story Shop's been a reputable building establishment for fifty years. Yes, but if I remember. John, earlier you mentioned that um, Mr. Burton, he was he was the uh, 
he he married Valerie. And right. um, it was Valerie's father owned the shop, correct? Yes. Well, maybe we need to find out more about um, Mr. Burton. Or what about her father? I mean, yeah, because, you know, she, she was the first victim, I think. Yeah, I assume that she had done something. I'm kind of guessing it may have to do something with the trip to Vladivostok. Why would it kill her? Well, unfortunately, we can't we can't ask her any questions. And I, I is her father dead? Uh, He's I dead. Yeah. So the that leaves us only one person to actually pursue. Do you do you know anything about Mr. Burton? I mean, he's a jewelry store owner. I mean, I didn't even know he had gone to Russia. Uh, didn't you? Don't I, didn't you mention something about him well, having wife, tried to get into the scene and being unsuccessful? Like, yes, yeah. Well, to you know, with they you were in your cohorts. Yeah, he occasionally, but you know, he was basically what we would call a hanger-on. You know, he would be invited just enough because he owned the store, but because of their um, lack of finesse and their uh, their bluntness and um, you John, know, you would you would probably guess that she owned the store. Yeah, she owned because her her it was her yeah. father's store. Yeah, um, so, I suspect she wanted to. You know, uh, Pry was pushing the thing, but uh, the two just didn't fit into the 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 cultural scene. Do you think they may have been so desperate to change their station as to um, pursue means other than uh, the regular, such as, you know, paying one's way in? Instead, they maybe went for uh, the only the only metaphor I can come up with is they went to go get a love potion to change to change the way people felt about them. I, you know, that's, uh, it's possible. Um, they're, they're, they're talking about a stone here. Uh, I think it's more likely maybe they were doing some underhanded business. That's possible. But you're, you could, you could be yeah, right. I don't know what the stone could be used. It could be, but I mean, I, let's not take anything off the table, but something happened. Oh yeah. Um, well, you know, we, you know, this is a, this is a, um, a small town. Um, why don't we um, check out who knew him? I mean, probably the people who knew him best is anyone that worked at the shop. Hmm. And uh, I think that sounds like a, a great idea. We should uh, maybe. Would figure, it be... figure out who their employees were, and you you know where he lives, right? Oh yeah, I escorted him last night, but his employees, I really don't know. The if I can interject, the the travel agency was that local or was that in New York City? It was in New York. Maybe we could uh, call the travel agency. I wonder and, if um, they might be able to 
share some insight as to why exactly he was going there. Yes. Hmm. Tom, like to well, uh-huh. I that was actually the message I sent you. Uh, I was planning to call the travel agency while they were upstairs talking while I was oh, okay. sitting in the car. I'm sorry, I, think, I didn't see that. <laughs> I think the detective should make that call. Seems like he'd be a good fit for that. Absolutely. Already, already thought about it in the car. <laughs> All right. So you call the number that's listed. Since it phone calls back then took a while to get to probably there while you guys were, you know, looking up books. So the phone rings. It's answered by a man with a fairly thick accent. Uh, Dormitory uh, Travel Agency, what can I do for you? Um, yes. My, na- my name is Detective Frank with... Uh, What's my character's last name again? Jordan. Jordan. He's Detective Frank screen. Jordan. <laughs> De- Detective Frank Jordan. Uh, Detective. I. Yes, I am here to talk. Talk about uh, one of your uh, customers that came through. Name is. I'm so bad at remembering names. What's, what's his name? John Burton. John Byrne. Uh, uh, Mr. Burton, is there some problem? Um, Yes, I wanted to know exactly why he went to Russia and uh, the reason for. Um, It's been some time. Um, uh, I'm... I'm, uh, Is this uh, on police business? Are you with New York Police Department? Uh, this is actually Arkham Police Department. Uh, he his shop burned down last night. Other than that, I cannot tell you any other confidentiality. Oh, oh, uh, well, um, uh, yes, Mister uh, Mister John Burton. He uh, traveled to uh, Russia. Uh, I'd say about five months ago. I don't know the reason. I think uh, it had to do with business. He didn't actually book the, the trip himself. It was uh, booked by uh, somebody named Avery. Avery Haywright. It had been booked almost a year previously um, uh, uh, to, to travel there for, I do believe he was there for a month, uh, maybe a little longer. Avery. Yes, uh, I believe that's his uh, father-in-law. Avery, uh, could you spell the last name for me? <laughs> uh, hey, right, H A Y W R I G H. Pretty sure um, it's not the first time they have uh, they have traveled abroad many times with our company. Do they ever say specifics of why they travel, or is this? I they list business. That's all. Hmm. Well, I have to give uh, Mr. Avery Hayright a call, too. Thank you for your cooperation. Well, I believe I... he's dead. I think he died last year. 
Okay. But hmm. Mr. Mr. Burton, you said his shop burned down. How horrible. Yes, uh, very horrible. all right? He is perfectly fine. Well, if there's anything else I can do to help you, please uh, call back. All righty. Yep. Have a good rest of your day, sir. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm going to hang up the phone, go inside, and probably the other guys will be walking out by the time I start walking in. <laughs> okay. Pay phones. So he Hello. tells you everything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's basically the what happened. They went there, and now they didn't. So yeah. So he thinks he's already dead. Yes, Avery Haywright is believed to be dead for a year. Have we? Is he dead? Yes. But but it you said like that the trip had been booked over a year before the trip was even occurred by so Avery. By Avery. It so was he booked, booked, and then he then he passed away. Way. Interesting. Wonder if some sort of tax scam, maybe like a debt thing. What if it was to pick up jewels and jewelry um, around the world? You know, jewelers do travel to pick up um, goods, or they um, go through um, other people. Yeah, but a year in advance. I can understand advancement, advance, but a year. Not that big a deal in the 1920s. You had oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> it seems that they, it sounds like they traveled on a regular basis probably to pick up things or see brokers possibly. or And, and at the time, this would be traveled by ship? I yes. Yeah. All right. the Atlantic. And you said the, and you guys explained to me that these things come out at night and they hunt people, right? I think we should go talk to Mr. Uh, what's his name uh, as soon as possible. Who? Mr. Burton. Mr. Burton. Yes. Mr. Maybe, Burton. Uh, yes. I suppose you're right. Mm. Well, but yeah, if we, if we, uh, we gotta be careful how we do this because if we mention this other stuff, he's gonna look at us like we're crazy. Yeah, so I recommend we just make this seem like a hum. The best way to alibi we can do right now is to make it seem like a homicide that someone else did, and they're still after him. That might be our best bet. Well. I think we need to find out more about Burton and his wife. We need to also talk to the employees or someone who knew them or what they were actually doing at their shop. Well, um, maybe we could go to the neighborhood and talk to some of his neighbors, possibly figure out who his employees were. And then if all else fails, talk to Mr. Burton himself. Yeah, yeah. I can go with that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I believe... Talking to someone, an employee would be helpful. Try to get a sense, maybe they might know why he went to Russia. 
Everybody knows knows me around here, so I could probably talk to all the neighbors without them making a fuss. Or as many. Okay, and you guys are at you guys are are you guys still at the university? Yes. Yes. So, okay. Um so where would you like to go first? Sounds like we want to head back to where his shop is to talk to the neighbors, I suspect. Okay. So that you're gonna to talk to the neighboring shops? Yes. Okay. And let Frank Jordan do his job. They might know um who who was employed there other than yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Okay. So you head back down to Main Street and the the Haywright jewelry stop is it's been gutted. It's it's a complete loss. It it damaged a little bit on the buildings on either side of them, but not not anything that can't be repaired. Um and there are a few building, there are a few businesses across the street that their windows were broken when the blast occurred. Um, so they, uh, they've, they're busy boarding up their front windows, but they're still technically open for business. Um, so you want to walk up to one of them, huh? All right. Yeah. Um, we'll say uh, Mr. Mr. Random. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, it's a terrible tragedy. Oh, I see how that accent. Uh, it's a terrible tragedy. I, I can't believe what's going on. Uh, whole place blew up. Um, do you know any? Uh, what would you say, uh, Mr. I need to write down his name. <laughs> Mr. John Burton. Mr. Burton. Can't remember um, your last name. Can't remember his last name. <laughs> I uh, just don't know names. I'm sorry. What, what, what do you want to know? I mean, uh, he's been... Yeah, do you know what he's like? Uh, does he uh, have any friends? Um, how was his love life with his wife? Yada, yada. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's a lot of questions. Well, what can I tell you about the, the Burtons? Uh you know that Avery built the shop. Avery's the one who started the whole business. And uh, um, I, as far as you know, people were concerned when they went in to, to do business with him, he was very likable, very friendly man. But that was all a facade, you know. That was, that was for the customers. Um, from what I understand, he ran that place like a, uh, you know, like a, a Roman soldier. He's a quite draconian in his uh, things. He made sure everything was perfectly in, in order. All the books were done perfectly. Um, and he ruled the roost. And uh, I think that, uh, that Mr. Burton thought that once he married into the family, he'd uh, take over the business. And uh, it's not the way it went. Uh, he ended up, uh, you know, he was a slave driver at uh, Avery. Uh, so he was always sending off uh, John off on the business trips, and uh, and then he died, you know, and so uh, suddenly uh, John thought that he would take over the business. No, his uh, wife was just as bad as uh, as uh, his father-in-law was. She ruled the roost. Uh, it's her shop. She uh, 
They used to get in screaming matches. We can hear it all the way from over here in our shop. Mm. Yeah, really, uh, what do you say, uh, emasculated the man. Emasculated. Hmm. Well, that's a good information, uh, Mr. Random. Uh, yeah, feel sorry for the employees. They're going to have to find new jobs. Uh, old, uh, I mean, uh, young Mr. West will have no problem at all finding a job. He's a young guy, but uh, Mr. Cabot, he's been working in the jewelry shop when, since when Avery was running the place. So he's, you know. Mr. Cabot? Yeah, Mr. Cabot. He uh, he was the one who pretty much ran the place when uh, they went around. So, Mr. West and Mr. Cabot, yeah. slave drive drivers. He's basically just doodling a bunch of stuff. You happen to know where those two live? Oh, I have no idea where they live. Uh, they were here earlier. They... Uh, they came to work like they thought that they were going to work and uh, found out the whole place had burned to the ground. Uh, I don't know if they went right back home or if they're in the cafe, you know, nursing their wounds. I mean, the cafe over there? Yeah. I mean, they could be anywhere. Mm. And uh, um, it suddenly dawns on you. That he doesn't know anything about Valerie Dawn. Because he's he's like, yeah, the building's burned to the ground, but he's not like mentioning Valerie at all. So it's I don't think they've released that news to the public yet. <laughs> at least what? you get that yeah, the impression. Question, sir. Yeah. Let's say if Valerie ever died, would you blame John Byrne. Why would I blame John? Would he be I, a prime suspect? Huh. I don't know. I'm not a police officer, but John. Would you believe he would? John's not that kind of a person. Um, I mean, honest to God, if he just stood up to Valerie, you know, he always caves in. He, she's the one who rolls the roost. So it's not much, uh, not much gumption for that guy. He, uh, he pretty much lets to get away with everything. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That that'd be that'd be odd odd to believe. I mean, I've talked to him a few times. He seems like a nice enough guy, but uh, I don't know. You never can tell. Alrighty. Uh, thank you for the information. Uh, I'll uh, I'll give you a. You are not on the list of suspects. You are per- perfectly fine. Have a good rest of your day. <laughs> Well, thank you. So, you guys are all there. So, if you guys will, if anybody else has a question, well, right. I would like. We'll Alfred. assume this is a conglomeration of a number of neighbors talking. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk. After after hearing this, I want my character wants to kind of recollect, kind of remember when Mister Bird arrived at the scene, and maybe do a psychology role to determine if he was all his crying and yelling was that was that sincere or was it kind of it was psychology theatrical or histrionic uh do you want me to do it or do you want him him he asked the question so right. i got a failure yeah seemed like he was upset 
And it seems he was upset to me. I walked him home and, and he was at wit's end. I mean, I can't imagine someone going through all he went through, not only in the shop, but on the way home. Um, if, if, if that was all an act, I'm sorry, here he deserves an award. He should have well, been in Hollywood. Well, but based on this conversation we just we just overheard, it sounds like he was very in a very unhappy kind of relationship um, with his wife and also with his with his I guess his father what father in law uh, previously. It sounds like he always gave in to her. So I uh, there's a lot of marriages I, out there. Maybe I, we should check with the cafe and see if the yes, I agree. Let's do that first. And I have a theory, but I, I'll keep it. <laughs> no, please, please stop. Well, if you if you have a theory, let let, let us hear it. it. Okay, so let's say that she has one of these things, right? Maybe her dad gave it to her. Maybe it's something that they found and you know they bought and you know jewelry thing. All right, okay. he's upset, right? Old old man dies, still doesn't get the business, right? What if he did something to take care of her and get the get the the you know the the, the jewel, and that is why the son is after him because that he is... went at, he's he went after the rightful owner of one like the story mentioned. But she doesn't sound like someone that would be a rightful owner by how these gems are given. It appearances I... can be deceiving. I don't know. I mean, it would it would make sense. I mean, her father. You know, a, a wealthy, you know, uh, person in the jewels industry. I mean, she was wearing a necklace that clearly had some melting issues. Maybe it was a part of that necklace. The The issue here is it sounds like those who are worthy of it had to be kind to animals and other things. And I don't see either the her father or Valerie, if that if what the, the shop, various shop owners said, are those type of people? How would they ever be worthy? Maybe by, by the I think that might have been the plan. Maybe none of them are worthy, and it um, went after all three. It got the father, and then it just took some time to get the daughter. Now it's going after the. Well, we need to find husband. out how the father died first. But let's first talk to the employees. All right. Yes. So you head on over, and um, sure enough, inside the cafe, uh, sipping some coffee and looking through the want ads, uh, uh, is an older gentleman, looks like he's maybe in his early 60s, and a young kid looks like he's maybe 18 or 19 years old. And they're sitting there. They're not really talking to each other. They don't look like a father and son or a couple. They're just, they're obviously... Probably the guys you're looking for. Mr. Hey, Cabot and Mr. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I'm Mr. Cabot. Yeah. Uh, are you Mr. West, sir? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Young, Mr. West. I'm I'm Detective Frank. Jo oh. Detective Frank. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were know. we were we were both at our respective homes sound asleep when the apparent fire took place. Uh, you can search us for anything you want. Uh, we're out of jobs. 
Yep, don't worry. I'm not here to kick open your doors again. Um, so, so question. How was working at the shop and how were the owners? Well, I worked at the shop for the past uh, 30 years. I worked for Mr. Uh, Mr. Haywright and uh, I was perhaps his model employee. I uh, thought that he did a good job of uh, taking care of the business and making sure it was financially successful. Uh, no complaints from me. Someone else do this, the guinea pigs are yelling. <laughs> um, yes, um, you know, I might run the business, but um, I, I look at both of them and go, uh, we've, I've heard that um, both um, Avery um, Hayworth and his um, daughter um, were both um, pretty tough business people. Well, like father, like daughter. Um, she didn't always used to be that way. She was a, she was a rather sweet young girl, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, so I don't want to speak ill of anyone. Um, Mr. Burton is not exactly the best business man. And she wasn't satisfied with what he what he was trying to do with the business, so she kind of took over herself. She wanted things done the way Daddy wanted them always to do. And the uh, young guy, Mr. West, he says, uh, he says, Mr. Mr. Uh, Burton was always uh, fair and friendly to me. Uh, you know, helped me. I was trying to learn the business. Uh, she was a little pushy, but uh, he was. It was a kind of a nice guy. Were there differences entirely um, business related, or was there some you know, personal discord? Well, maybe you know, some. Who can say? I don't think. I don't think that uh, some people find that marriage isn't what you expect it to be once it happens. And um, I think they mo might have both been looking for something that they didn't get. Uh, he was looking for money, and she was looking for prestige. Because, you know, the Burton name, his, his family, his family comes from an old, uh, an old Arkham family with well, quite a bit of prestige, the Burtons, although there's not much money. Um, she, on the other hand, had the money, but not the prestige, so she kind of figured she'd end up going to parties and hobnobbing with the rich and famous. And he wasn't really interested in that at all. We, we heard that uh, Mr. Burton recently uh, took a trip to Russia. Do you know anything about the nature of that? Yes, yes. Of that trip? He, he uh, 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 Avery set that up um, quite a while ago and uh, it was just part of the business. He goes to look for uh, for jewelry supplies, you know, gold and uh, and various other things. Uh, been to Russia and a number of other places, Europe, Europe mostly. Yeah, so there's nothing nothing unusual about this trip. In I don't I don't think so. Uh, I think they went to Russia this time, um, wherever have they can you, find a cheap supply. Have you noticed? 
Um, did the Averys or possibly Mr. Burton ever bring a um, strange jewelry or uh, any any rather peculiar stones come through the store while you were working there? Strange jewelry. I'm not exactly sure what strange jewelry would be. Uh, maybe something not necessarily something a little out of the ordinary. Not necessarily a a contemporary ring or pearl necklace or anything of the like, mm. but um, something seeming a little bit more gaudy or ceremonial. I don't think so. I mean, Mrs. Burton used to. She liked to wear the jewelry. Okay. Um, she would, you know, occasionally wear stuff from the shop. But uh, she had her own stuff. Maybe a bit uh, too much. What, what do you Did mean she has? Well, I mean, she was a jeweler. She, she had her own jewelry. Anything um, particularly notable that stood out or... Um, I mean, she had some nice pieces, but I mean, she didn't wear them to the shop. She probably wore them to when she'd go out to these parties and things. Um, I, I, I wouldn't know exactly what they had. Yeah, you know about her, her necklace at all? Uh, she had a number of necklaces. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there any new ones that she just got recently? No, uh, probably I with think, a silver chain. I think there was a, there was a necklace that... Uh, that maybe Mr. Burton had picked up when he was in Russia that she was wearing. Um, looked like a little, um, I don't know how to say it, uh, wasn't really a, um, I don't know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't really what I would call, you know, it's not a, a cut jewel. Uh, it was kind of a, uh, oh, I don't know how to say it, um, like a little, looked like a little pot. Like it had been carved to look like a little pot of some sort. It had little bridges on it, and it was it was pretty. But uh, I've seen things like that made out of metal. Um, didn't look very valuable. Like small, like a like a little reliquary. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Like a little reliquary, like you could put something inside of it. Oh. Although I didn't see any kind of, I don't remember seeing any kind of seam like you could open it or something. Like a little jaw. She seemed to like that one or? She thought it was pretty. I guess she, she was wearing it, so. Ah. And, and, you, and you said she had just started wearing this recently. Yeah, I don't think, well, you know, since he came back, maybe. Since uh, sister came up for her. And she didn't wear it all the time, but she, you know, she could have been wearing it. Hmm. I have one more question for you before we leave. Sure. Um, before I ask the question, uh, can I do a check to see if they're hiding anything? Sure. Uh, when they were talking about, you know, how they're white, their marriage, whatever. I want to do a spot hidden, I guess, or a psychology. Yeah, psychology. Okay. I have pretty good psychology, and I rolled a 77 again, so I failed. <laughs> okay. They seem uh, to be talking rather openly about it. So my question is, would Mr. B John Byrne ever kill his wife? Oh, I don't think so. That sounds... No, of course not. I mean, why would he? 
I mean, if you're trying to imply that he would kill his wife or for something or or no you know, no I mean why would he burn down his own shop if he was going to murder her, then he he'd want the shop we're just a uh, it's uh, just questions sir it's part of the police procedure or yeah, my procedure I, I think that's that's a terrible idea fortunately how many times these kind of questions have to be asked whether one likes them or not unfortunately um out of curiosity here, how often would she go with him on these trips? Oh, she never went on the trips. Ah, okay. No. No, that was uh, that was her father was always... I don't, I'm not sure that he would have gone on this trip except that Avery had already planned it out. And, was her father Russian or...? No. No, he, way, he did... writes go back a long time here. Okay. By the way, how did uh, Avery Hayward die? Heart attack. Oh, uh, is unfortunate. In fact, he, he dropped dead like 10 feet from me inside oh, the shop. That must have been shocking. Thank God there wasn't a customer. Yeah. Mm. I'm sorry, what was that? Thank, thank God what? I said, thank God there wasn't a customer in the shop at the time. Okay, he dropped dead. Yeah, that would be very good for business. All right. Uh, any more questions, man? think so well anyways um i thank you for your time gentlemen and i hope uh, your job search goes very well and i will happily not be kicking in your door th this time well thank you for that by the way i still owe you the 20 bucks uh so well, we step outside yeah you step out so gentlemen so Mm -hmm. Mr. Mr. Burton was on his father-in-law's itinerary, right? Mm -hmm. So, That's so presumably, can we assume then that if we're assuming that this ne this necklace was somehow picked up from Russia and handed off to Mrs. Burton, it was a originally um, the father-in-law was supposed to. I think the father-in-law will decay. I think the two of them probably went on these trips. They, pro they probably knew it was some sort of rock that kills people. The fire probably was just some secondary. Mm, Maybe don't... she was holding a candle and it was a radioactive rock. Caused a heart attack. <laughs> what? What? I mean, do you guys really believe this ghost thing? Yes. What I saw, we saw it with our own eyes. It's not a, it's not, besides, it's not a ghost. It's a son of Elles. I absolutely believe what I saw. Um, you know what? If you believe it, I might as well pretend. And, you know, I, I, you know, Frank, I understand how you feel. Uh, however, uh, I also know that Professor Epstein and uh, uh, sci uh, Professor Stops both um, are, you know, reputable, and I've never known them to um, go off the deep end on stuff like this. Well, we I did that last night when we went after a ghost for 24 hours. <laughs> well, uh, we were making sure that certain, I mean, uh, we were doing making. Remember, a lot of our work is debunking. 
but occasionally from you know we also know that being part of this group that there's some stuff that does um pan out yeah i think not, i think we just need to look into this a bit more what were you saying could Epstein? Be, sorry i think i think whether whether it was on purpose or inadvertently that burton brought home this this reliquary this, this I agree. Um, artifact of Valus and then gave it to his wife now whether the fire at the shop was accidental or on purpose it set off something in motion that needs to be stopped you know I haven't talked to him yet I bet five dollar bills that I can figure out if he was lying or not <laughs> who Stop. Um, John, John Berkeley, Burn. Burn. Well, I think it might be worthwhile to make a visit to Mister Burn to check on his his mental state. Uh, maybe one or two of us can do that. I tell you what, gentlemen. Uh, just in case this is all crazily true, might be a wise thing for me to stop at a sporting goods store. And maybe a furniture store as well. While you guys do that. I think I know what you're thinking and I like it. Mr. Yes, I, yes. I mean, <clears throat> and I fortunately have the means to pick up the items that we need. So I will let you gentlemen take care of that. And I will take care of getting the unique items that we may need. All righty. Here's my car keys. I think you're going to need the car keys to get to Mr. Burton. I can walk. It's just around the corner, the right? Well, yeah, the shops are right around the corner. You're, yeah, you're literally in the so, town where yeah. all the shops oh, are. <laughs> we could just walk there, too. Yeah, we can walk there, too. Shoe <laughs> Express it is. And, and gentlemen, I would, also like to, I would also like to visit the library again to spend some time there. So I'll do that while uh, Mr. Pickford do some shopping. And how about the three of you go see Mr. Burton? Yep, uh, I'll actually drive so my shotgun's uh, at least still in the car. <laughs> okay. So, John Pickford, you are going to look for, uh, uh, I don't know, in the 1920s if they'd have a sporting store. Well, they probably have a hunting. Sport Marty. <laughs> they probably had, do have a I, hunting. Actually, yeah, once probably, there are sporting goods stores, it's just they're not like they are today. Well, yeah. it's probably in the general store. You'd probably yeah. have a section there where you can yeah. get. Well, what I'm looking for is kind of specific because I don't know if they uh, every the, uh, every general store carries archery. Well, as it turns out, the Miskatonic Archery Club does buy all of their archery supplies from Mr. Archer, who runs Archer's general store. So yeah, you, you can find that. Uh, and also uh, furniture, what kind of mirror are you looking for? Big um, thing, small thing? No, I'm thinking that we need a couple decent sized ones, something that we can hold, but big enough and make, with a frame so that, yeah. Okay. So I figure we're a couple of, I'm going to get us at least, um, I know only two people could see the dog, but I'm going to get three bows and three quills of arrows. Okay. Um, <clears throat> about three mirrors 
And I will also pick up um, while I'm at some general store, a, a pack of rags and a, um, not only a couple lighters, but um, some um, lighter fluid. Okay. Um, Cole, you're heading back to the library. What did you want to look for? Well, I have uh, good scores in occult and folklore. I wanted to spend maybe a couple hours digging a little bit deeper on the Sons of Vale. Okay. Uh, do, uh, do a library roll. Ooh, I got a, I got a hard success. Excellent. All right. So you find this. I'll have you read it. I'm glad because I like these long, lengthy things that uh, right. that I had to type out. And now you have to read. <laughs> uh, Velis and Parun are two deities found in the religion of the Slavs prior to the coming of Christianity. The pre-Christian Slavs were polytheists and worshipped a pantheon of deities, uh, just like the ancient Greeks and Romans. Compared to the Greeks and Romans, however, the de deities in the religion of the pre-Christian Slavs are generally less well-known. Some Slavic deities, apart from Velis and Perun, include Dabog, regarded as a progenitor, progenitor of the Slavs, Strabog, a god whose grandchildren are said to be all the winds, and Marana, the goddess of winter. Amongst these gods, only Velis and Perun were commonly respected and worshipped by all the Slavic tribes. Velis, spelled also as Volos, was a forest god who appeared most often as a bear, although he is thought to be capable of shape-shifting into other types of animals as well. One possible explanation for the representation of Velis as a bear is that this animal was regarded as the king of the animals, However, in the belief system of the Southern Slavs, Velis was regarded as the Lord of all wolves and was seen as a wolf god. He, was also, he has also appeared as a great serpent, a disguise he used to hide from his enemy, Perun. Perun, for all intents and purposes, is the god of thunder and lightning. He is also a god of light who resides at the crown of the world tree. According to the myth, Velis abducted Perun's wife and children and took them down into the roots of the world tree the underworld. Enraged, Perun chased him, hurling lightning bolts. Velis transformed into a serpent and went in and out of the earth in order to hide. It is said any time a lightning bolt hits the earth, it is a place where Velis chose to hide. Perun is often said to represent order, while Velis represents chaos. Velis has often been associated with other deities, such as Loki in Romantov's Darkness of the North, and Nyarlathotep, the Crawling Chaos, and Von Jones, Anasprechlin Colton. And there are also quite a few illustrations of representations of Thales. And if you notice, the symbol down here on the bottom was on the top of the piece of... Uh, ancient journal. Nail Arthur. Oh, man. Man. All right. So. <sighs> oh, does that... I have five of Cthulhu Mythos. Does Nail Arthur ring a bell with me? 
Uh, do a mythos roll. I got to roll five last cheese. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Doesn't sound familiar. Sounds weird. Sounds Egyptian. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So the, the other three. Uh, you head on over to uh, Mr. Burton's home. It's a nice place. Big. Uh, you guys notice a couple of things. One is you notice that um, the yard is very well maintained. You'd probably need a gardener to maintain that size of a yard. Um, the house is a two-story white clapboard house. Um, uh, typical for what you'd find in New England, but you know they've, they've got money. If they have a house like this, they have money. Um, there is a drive and a carport, but there is no car. And there seem to be a bunch of things up on the porch uh, that you can't quite, they look like packages or something up on the porch. Hmm. Well. And John, you're there, John Pickford. You're with them. Um, you're, you're muted. Um, um, yeah, if they let, waited for me to get done shopping. Um, oh, know, that's I'm right. You're, you're shopping. Yeah, no. So you're still shopping, but you'll catch yeah. up to them. All right. So which three of us? It, it's Phil, Doug, and me. Okay. Correct. I don't like. We're, I don't like this. There's something wrong with this. Well, let's go knock on the door. All right. So you walk across the yard and you go up to the porch, and what you see is that there are uh, a number of what look almost like presents, um, a lot of them with little cards attached uh, that say things like, they're from various people, probably their friends, whatever, but they're all things like, sorry we heard about the, the shop burning down, you know, hope everything's, you know, hope everything's okay. Um, once again, it doesn't seem like anybody realizes that Valerie is dead. Hmm. Um, you knock on the door there is no answer does it look like the lights are on or anything inside uh, well it's middle of the day so no, okay. no lights on hmm. I'm going to go around and check the back okay do a oh never mind okay, you don't have to um, uh, do a spot hidden for me Detective. Detectives on the scene. Why am I getting shitty rules today? <laughs> okay. Um, um, all right. Hold on a second. Spot in. I'm going to spend some luck. Okay. To at least pass. Okay. All right. So as you're walking, uh, you walk around the back of the house to the to the back door and as you're doing that out of the corner of your eye you notice next door um there is a woman inside the house you're looking into the kitchen and uh she might have been doing dishes or something but she sees you 
you see her sort of look look up um, and then sort of disappear in the house but a neighbor from, yeah just a neighbor she probably knows who I am. I do this all the time. <laughs> um, hmm. Is the front door locked? Uh, the front door is locked. Shit. Hmm. Well, what do you want to do, gentlemen? Could ask the neighbor? Yeah, could one of you ask the neighbor instead of me? I'm going to... I'm going to go around the house and uh, double check everything. All right. Sure. I guess uh, I'll go speak with the neighbor. Actually, before you even get a chance to have that sort of a communication, um, uh, a woman comes out of the house next door. She looks like she's maybe in her early 60s. Um, she's... Uh, She's got a, a like a dish towel, and she's clean, she's drying off her hands, and she's coming out, and she sees you, and she says, "Oh, I guess you heard about the shop burning. There have been people up here all day long." Uh, yes, and in fact, ma'am, we're we're actually uh, uh we're, we're part of the investigation. Uh, I was wondering if I could just ask you a couple of questions. Um, oh, sure. Why is there some problem? Um, no, it's just we, we were wondering, um, you know, if, if you notice anything, uh, you know, had been going on differently with uh, with Mr. Bertram and, and the household or anything like that, or oh, well, I mean, I've lived here my whole life, uh, so you know, things happen. Thing you, you see things, you hear things, uh, but you know, nothing that any normal household, you know, me and my dead, my my ex, my she's dead ex, me and my. Uh, husband who recently who passed away last year um, he uh, we used to have fights like cats you know and uh, you know oh, you expect so that sure you know it happens you're saying that him and Valor were, were fighting a lot oh they fought all the time yeah I mean he came storming out one time and I saw him like rip the, the roses out of the ground uh, he got so mad at her and drove off wow. and, um, by chance, do you know where his car went? Oh, he left earlier. Um, uh, he seemed very upset about the shop burning down. I mean, I didn't speak to him, but uh, he and some other gentleman came here and he went in the house and um, the other gentleman went, he left. But then, um, oh, maybe 45 minutes or an hour later, Mr. Burton came out and Hopped in his car. I figured he was going to go, I don't know, to check on the insurance uh, for the building. Or I have no idea. He seemed very upset. Well, thank you. I, I mean, that business went to um, the ground. That's, that's, you know. Yeah, no, that's, that's tragic for sure. Um, it's, like a major, it's like a major thing in the, in the town. It's like everybody needs. Uh, who was the other person? I don't know. I never saw him before. Uh, say, did you ever... Um, I understand that uh, that Mr. Bertram took a lot of business trips to other places. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Hey, you ever you ever uh, talk speak with um with with Valerie while while she, you know while he was away? Valerie was an interesting person. Um, I mean, occasionally yeah. I'd say I'd say hello to her, and you know she was always she was mm -hmm. 
professionally polite, I suppose you'd say. Um, Interesting how so. I mean, just she didn't seem to socialize with um, people of our mm. level, I guess. You know, some people like that. It's not, not a big deal. Okay. Um, um. And him, I mean, I said, I said he was always polite at good morning mm-hmm. every once in a while. But, I mean, generally, what, what was her demeanor when he was gone? I mean, was she lonely? Was she happy? Was she worried? I think, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that there was any difference when he was gone. Okay. Um, mostly, you know, uh, mostly she'd order her gardener around, get him doing all this. Okay. I mean, this is all sort of his his work but she not 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 mr burton but but uh it's all uh angus's work um he's the gardener angus the gardener yeah yeah but she was always telling him what what she wanted done you think Uh, there's any uh any chance that she was getting a little more friendly with angus while he was gone no he's about my age he's married he has children okay um they don't even live in town. They live outside of town. All right. I have one more question for you before we let you go. Um, so uh, the second person, uh, we've met a few other of his associates. Was the person either a young a young ki- kid or an older gentleman? I don't know. John, how old are you? Hmm. She saw That's you. That's a good morning. question. That's what she saw me. <laughs> Um, I'm 25, uh, so I'm he, he looked young. like he was about 25 years old, had a beard and a little mustache that went like that and bald head. But uh, oh, it was him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, thank you, ma'am. Uh, before, one more question. Of course. What was the car, uh, could you tell us what color the car was, make and model? Well, it's it's black. It's a Ford model. Whatever. Hey. For, for yeah, for whatever 1920s would be, um, it's a nice car. You know, they could afford it. Uh, um, but you know, uh, I had a lot of their their yelling and screaming. You don't live. You know, they they had a lot of problems, um, which which is a shame because it really didn't have. I don't think it had much to do with the amount of money they had because they they've the business has done pretty well, and I think it's more a matter of who got to control the money. Alrighty, I think that'll be all the questions we have time for right now. Uh, uh, thank you for cooperation. Why? Why do you ask, though? I mean, you think that they? I mean, they certainly wouldn't have destroyed their own business for financial reasons. They were doing really well. Ma'am, we're just doing an investigation. These are just the questions we have to ask every time. And uh, yeah, don't. Don't worry too much about it, ma'am. Everything should be fine. No. I don't know what they're going to do. Because, you know, that was their source of income. I suppose they could start over. Yep. uh, Everything should be fine. Uh, I got to see the scene myself. They should be able to build back up again. Anyways, uh, have a good rest of your day, ma'am. Yeah, she's going to be furious. Yeah, she will be. Um, Anybody else want to ask any questions while she's here? 
All right. We're, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No. I was I was just thinking about it. I was like, well, do you do you know his Angus here every day, or does he come by? He comes by maybe once a week. Because do you know what you day know, that might be? Oh, I think he comes by on Thursdays, which is a couple of days from now. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I haven't. Uh, yeah, he should be here uh, later in the week. Uh, you all seem very concerned. Uh, uh, so is this sort of like an insurance thing? You're trying to find out if they were somehow involved in their own shop banning? It, it's just the normal uh, detective process. We have to do not. We have to count out every system, gather as much evidence as possible. The usual thing. Mm. Well, it makes me wonder because, I mean, like I say, there. Their marriage wasn't in the very best place, but you know, when you're married, you gotta stay married. That's just the way it goes. Um, Did you ever see them get um, physically violent with one another? With one another, like I say, he pulled the roses out of the ground, and he doesn't seem like the kind of man who would be violent. But I mean, you wonder. Listen, um, I don't know. I don't like to meddle in other people's things. I don't like to, uh, you know, uh, I don't like to spread gossip. And one, one must always be discreet when, with what one hears and so forth. Um, yeah, let me, let me show you something. And uh, she says, well, just wait there for a few minutes. And she turns okay. around, she goes back in her house. So you guys are alone again. Well, I don't have to have to even try to imagine the gossip thing was bullshit, but you talk to her the rest of the way before she talks her ear off. I'm going to lockpick that door and go in. <laughs> Sound good, you two? <laughs> I suppose. We'll assume you guys are all in the front. Uh, so, yeah. Detective Frank, you're going to go in the back? Yes. Okay. So, Detective Frank, you walk around towards the back. And after a couple of minutes, she comes back out of the house. And she's got a folded up piece of paper in her hand. And she doesn't really even notice that Frank is gone. She's now talking to Dr. Uh, to Professor Epstein. Um, so, the other day, maybe about a week or so ago, I, uh, I was working in my garden. And I found this. Um, I, it, it's it's water damaged. It's it's crumpled up. I think you know. I thought it was garbage. I picked it up. I thought it was garbage, uh, but I you know, I read it, and I, I I don't want you to think bad thoughts about Mr. Burton, but uh, here you you read it. Joanne, am I never to be free of the legacy of my father-in-law? His name, his name hangs above my door as, ever present, um, as an ever-present omen of failures. 
If only I could break her hold on the money, I would leave at once and come to you in New York. But there seems little chance of this. She is much worse than her father ever was. My Joanne, I love you with so... <laughs> okay. I love you so much. And it is with a sad heart that I have to give her the beautiful Russian necklace I discovered. She found it in my luggage on my return. Christ, it's not even a man's own portage sacred. I have to rid myself of her once and for all. And and gain that damned inheritance for myself then i can give you the life you deserve john well it doesn't get much more damning than that i think we know who set fire to that place yes yes all right uh at the same time doctor uh, i'm sorry uh, detective frank um do your uh lock picking skills both my professions start with a d oh. Real quick, uh, Jim. So, was that like a crumpled, like a note that she found in the yard? What? What? Yeah, it may it might have been folded up neatly, but it's damaged and crinkled now that it's, you know, it was literally laying in her yard. Like it, maybe it fell out of his pocket or gar garbage or something. Okay. Well, I got a heart. It, it looks like something that he might have wanted to send, mm -hmm. but he never got around to it. Okay. Yep. I'm sure you got a hard. Yes. All right. So you rather easily break into his house without damaging the lock. It's easy as breaking in my father's liquor cabinet. <laughs> and you are stepping into uh, the the kitchen at the back door. Um, everything seems neat and clean and in order. Um, Where would you like to go? Well, let's see. What can you see from the door? Um, uh, you can, you, you can uh, see from where you are, you are downstairs. Um, and you can see that you're in the kitchen. Uh, you can see down a little hallway into the what you call the living room. And uh, there are stairs going up. And uh, what would you like to do? I'm just going to start basically from the bottom up. So I'm okay. going to go search the bottom rooms, you know, just okay. see if, if there's anything. All uh, right. Well, almost immediately, and you are a detective, so you would notice things like this. Um, you can see that there are a number of uh, packages from the front porch that look very similar uh, that have been brought in. Um, so you can guess, perhaps, that he came home or he was brought home by John. Um, he went inside, uh, and later he got he decided to get in his car and go. Uh, stepped onto the porch and realized some people had left some packages. So he brought those in. Then he left, and then other people brought packages. So there's packages outside and inside. But what suddenly strikes you as extremely odd is there are three suitcases at the bottom of the stairs that are packed with clothes, his clothes. All right, so he will be coming back. Probably just got, got to get that fire insurance check. Wonder why, wonder where he's going. I'm going to go upstairs. Okay. Um, you check upstairs and uh, everything seems normal and in order 
except that he has packed quite a few of his clothes. Um, all of her clothes are there and intact. She has some jewelry. It's all there. Um, nothing else seems out of the ordinary. I'm just going to take a few jewelries because I'm poor. <laughs> and okay. going to walk away. <laughs> all right. So you walk back down the stairs and then you go back out the back door? I'll actually walk out the front door this time. Okay. You know, just pretend that someone let me in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you step out the, the front door and um, uh, the woman, who you've never asked what her name was, she, uh, she looks kind of like... I thought oh, her name was Barbara. Not because you said it, but that's just because that's probably your name. Uh, anyways, you step out the front door uh, and you rejoin the others uh, as they have just finished reading this little letter. What would the rest of you like to do? Uh, so you see it's a... I think that maybe he was not happy with his marriage, but uh, I yeah, I, it seem. I mean, should we take this to the police? We'll 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 handle it. Um, we'll 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 make sure to me mention in the investigation. Well, I'm I'm not really a detective, but you no, know, still, it wouldn't make any sense why you would burn your shop to the ground. I agree. Maybe yeah. it was. Uh, Maybe it was a, some sort of a, um, an accident, a plan gone wrong. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to keep you. So. Well, thank you. Go. Thank you so much for your help, ma'am. So she leaves. And as yes, she's leaving, Doctor uh, Detective uh, Jordan comes out. All righty, guys. So he's coming back because his stuff is still packed. Well. And yes. Doesn't mean he's coming back, but. He left three suitcases. He's going to be coming back. If there was only one suitcase, maybe. He, probably not. But since there's three, and it's clearly filled with all of Have his necessaries. Maybe they had just gotten back. Whose stuff was in the suitcases? Phil. He checked. You, heard, all, you heard me read the this. letter. He, he, um, he clearly was planning on killing his wife. Right, but who, who, whose stuff was in the suitcases? His stuff. I'll turn around and go look at it. No, you did. It was his stuff. Oh, okay. But wasn't, wasn't there also his wife's things in there too, or no? No, his nope, wife's things were all up oh, in okay. her room. As you can see from right here, he's not even bothering taking it. Why I'm holding it is for evidence that I plan to give to the police. <laughs> With the jewelry? Yes. Okay. Um... Yeah, I mean, he definitely looks like he uh, was interrupted. Um, not, I'm not saying, yeah, I, I don't know. If, you know. He might come back, but he might not. He might, you know, might something might have spooked him. Good point. Um, but, but at the same time, if we spooked him, he's probably gone for, wait. Hmm. What, what time is it? Uh, we'll say that it's 4.30. You think that he went? He you you don't think he went to New York, did do you? 
someone head down to the train station right now. Here's my car keys. I'm going to stay here and wait for him to come here. Uh, okay. He drove his car. Damn. Why, I say, well, I mean, I guess we could look at and see if his car is parked <laughs> at the train station, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good use of time. It's about a four and a half hour drive. To the train station? Yeah. No, to, uh, Oh, to, to, New, York. to New York? Yeah. Yeah. He would, he would drive. He would drive. Hmm. Sorry, I guess the sleep deprivation has destroyed my... You should have got in on when we were doing the whole, like, nap switch. Th- anyway. I was sleeping in the car the whole time. Well, then you got your nap. Okay. So, listen. So, we, we, we can pretty much confirm, I think, at this point, that whether directly or indirectly, Mr. Bertram is responsible for Valerie's death. Absolutely. And he gave her the necklace. Or well, rather, she found it and he had to give it to her. And it seems like he didn't know about it. He wanted to give it to his uh, mistress, which wouldn't have been good either. Um, so the question is, did he give her the necklace, which caused a fire, or did he give her the necklace and then burn her? But as we've said, why would you burn your own shop? Maybe. I have a hypothesis. Okay, yes. He gave her the necklace. The necklace is, is well, I might not know this. Actually, I can't. <laughs> Sorry, that would have been a med-game hypothesis. Well, the idea is that he gave her the necklace and then something happened where she was killed, whether he caused that or not, whether he set the fire or with the explosion or whatever. And then Valus saw this as this person being wronged. So Right, like the Cossack girl. Yes, exactly like the Cossack girl. And so now the beast is set upon him. And from what I understand, we don't want to be there when the beast murders him. Well, I think the beast is coming for us after it murders him. I don't, I don't know. That's what the letter or the diary entry from the soldier said. Well, no, because then it they witnessed it killed the guy and then it came after them. Right. Know? But they witnessed it directly and it turned on them right then. And in fact, the one of them survived, apparently. Yeah, because he was he was he was found and, and he would have died otherwise, if not for the good graces of some other soldiers. Some Cossacks, yeah. Yeah. But still, it, it's worth mentioning that they were a witness to the direct murder of the murderer, and he did, and the, the, the son of Velas did, did it immediately. I don't think it's witnessing the murderer that, we're, that is the concern. It's that the son of Velas was witnessed by anybody. It's not. They're not concerned with you witnessing the other, the person who was. Are you sure? Because the, I, th- I believe think... in the story, they all witnessed the murder of the Cossack girl. Anyways, gentlemen, I think we need to start heading out now. Heading to where? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm staying here, and I'm waiting to see if the son of Alice shows up. I will be staying here also, just to wait for. Uh, Mr. The guy shows up. Mr. Bertram. Bert. Right? Beatrum, Bert, whatever. It doesn't even matter. Me, Beatrum, Mr. Bert. I don't, 
Mr. Oh, Bird. Perfect. I can remember Mr. Bird. I'm going to call him that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just... Is this, is this the only detective? Is, is, oh, it's Burton. Thank you. See, we were, we're all dumb. Is this the only detective that we could get to believe in this shit? <laughs> like, is this the only one that we could get on our side? I mean, I, I mean, no offense, but I mean, come on. He's not all there. So... We were on a budget. What? What exactly? I am so glad I'm not the doctor of this session. Describe, describe what you're going to do, or where you're going to do it. Are you going to sit right there in the front yard, or are you going to? I want to go in. By by now, John's probably (laughs) caught up to you. Yeah, we're all probably together now. We're all together, and they tell you all of the things set up an ambush with the mirror and the the flaming arrow like in the story and try to take down no. the beast I, that way. I hate to say this, gentlemen, but you two are the ones that saw it, witnessed it. Here's your mirrors. Here's your pose. Here's your rags. Here's your lighters. And here's your lighter fluid. But, you know, <sighs> I can't protect you from something I can't see. If you know what I mean. True. Um, so what's honest, going on? I'm, I'm not so be- sure we want to intervene. Here, here's the letter that, that, that is, uh, indicates Burton as the murderer. Hmm. I don't care if it kills Burton. I don't want to die. This is self-preservation. Hmm. Then maybe we should just get out of here. Have you ever considered that? Yeah. Come on, don't be get wimps. long away from Burton. It's just Burton. <laughs> All we gotta do, he's gonna come back. We're gonna arrest him, and we're gonna send him to jail. The magical bear thing won't this be able to hurt you. <laughs> this isn't another crackdown on some hoax. This is this is real, Jordan. <laughs> Epstein will go over and grab a mirror. And a bow um, and arrow, and he will then go and walk inside of the house. And you're going to go in the house. To, oh, yeah, no. I'm going to set up a trap. I'm, yeah, I'm waiting I'm, for this. I'm going to go in with Epstein because I, I assume they've caught me up on the story. Yes. And I'm going to go upstairs and check out the jewelry. In I'm for going, a penny, in for a pound. I'm going to follow Epstein. I'm going to grab my the, shotgun, sit right on the couch in front of the door and wait. With the lights off too, and and the reason I'm checking out the jewelry is because I want to see, you know, is it of any value? I mean, I, I'm not a, you know, well, actually, I do have a praise. So, um, yeah, I'm going to check out to see how valuable the jewelry got he left behind. Because it would be crazy if the guy was leaving to leave, you know, high end jewelry. I would say, yeah, it's it's upper class jewelry. She knew what she wanted. This is good stuff, then. Yeah. Easily to resell. Sure. I go downstairs. There's not as much as you thought there would be, though. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe the business wasn't going as well as it was supposed to be doing. Um, Do a spot hidden for me. This is the one area I'm not good at. Luck. Spend your luck. The, the scary thought is I will have to spend four points of luck to make it. Oh, that's not bad. Um, as you're kind of looking around and looking at things, you do find a ledger for the shop. 
and right. uh, looking through it, you said you had appraised, but I think you'd know your numbers well enough to look through it and see that the business was doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, you also find a couple of uh, sheets of paper that you pull out and you realize they are insurance papers for the uh, shop and for his wife, life insurance, and himself. And himself. And how much is that worth? $100 billion. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, enough to do it. Yeah, enough duft. Yeah. All right. Enough well, to I, be worth it. <laughs> I bring these down. I go, well, gentlemen. Well, you guys have been setting up your traps. I've been gathering some evidence here. It seems that the... Um, Business has been doing all right. The, the, the amount of jewelry she has upstairs isn't as much as I would expect, but it's all high-end stuff. Why would he leave that behind? That's kind of foolish, but there's, he has an insurance policy on the shop, an insurance policy on her, and an insurance policy on himself. By the way, who gets paid if he dies? It's probably just an alibi. Next of kin. What does it say there? Do you have any goods? I don't know. Whatever they would say. Yeah. That's not, they, they next don't have of kin any kids. Is, okay. okay. But so does he have family? Who would his next of kin be? Or would it be just if he died, it went to his wife? Exactly. It's, but what if she's dead? A, in order to cover the fact that he bought insurance on the shop and his wife, yeah, and then they yeah, both I die, so he's that. not the suspect. Yeah. That's very. That, but as you pointed out, if he's, if he's after money, he left a lot of money behind. Yeah. But he is coming back. He's coming back, yes. You keep and saying that. Fact, and in fact, at 7 p.m., um, as the sun is not not hitting the horizon yet, but you know, it'll be there in a half an hour or so. Um, as, uh, as 7 p.m. comes, uh, John Burton's car drives up into the driveway. Um, do you have all the lights on? No. 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 Okay. It's yeah, Frank said he had the lights off in the living room. Okay. I but wouldn't car allow is, anybody to touch it. Your car is parked out front, and there's a bunch of stuff on the, the porch. Um, Damn it, I forgot about that. <laughs> some, some, some of you, well, let's see, at least one of you, take your pick. Is in a position where you can sort of see out the front window, uh, but you're kind of behind the curtains so that he can't see you. Um, I'll, uh, I'll take that responsibility. Okay. Um, what you see is you see him step up onto the porch and just sort of with his foot sort of move shit out of the way. Like he's not really that interested in this stuff. And uh, he, uh, you hear the clickety click, click, click. And the front door opens, and, and he comes walking in. And at first, he doesn't sort of see you. And then he suddenly looks up and sees you and says, what the hell? Who are you people in my house? I need you to sit down there, Mr. Mr. John Byrne. Uh, what, what's I, going on? Uh, we're here for your own safety, Mr. Byrne. Please it might down. not look like it, but we are. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, you know, if you want, if you want my my wallet or my money, we're here to help you. Just sit down. We'll explain everything. 
All right, so he sort of moves over and, and sits down. He's like, what do you want? Uh, it's best we show you rather than tell. <laughs> but if everybody else wants to tell, that's their call. So I'm sorry. So who's who's present with us? Just being the detective, or you're all, all here. here. We're all here. Okay. All right. it seems that um, it's you didn't care for your wife a whole lot. What are you talking about? My wife is dead. We know, and uh, would I will uh, hold up the letter that the neighbor gave us close enough so he can see. And we think you had something to do with it. I don't understand. Where did you get this? It doesn't matter. My dog. He starts crying and holding his face. Time to start coming clean, John. No, no. Who's Joanna? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. How did you, how did you find out? We're a society that investigates things and it just so happened to be that we had to investigate you. Oh, maybe it's just as well. Listen, I need you to tell me exactly what you did leading up to the last time you saw your wife. Can I make a suggestion to one of you two, either Professor Epstein or uh, Professor Stops? I think one of you should keep an eye out the window. Yeah, I mean, we still got our mirrors and such I'll, ready. I'll, I'll, I will, Since I'll, you're the only yeah, two that can see what might be coming. You, uh, you don't understand what it was like. I mean, I was... I was driven to this. She, she's a very, very hard woman to live with. Driven to what? Say so we stare out the window. What? Um, Did I, you cause I, the fire? Yes. I, uh, well, yes and no. Explain. I took her down to the shop this morning because I I made up a story and told her there was a problem and she yelled and screamed at me and it's all part of the plan. She got there and I had I say I'd rigged the place up. I'd rigged it up so the breakers were off. And uh She was in the front of the shop and I I pretended to try to turn on the lights and nothing happened and I told her the breakers were off and, and I'd have to fix it. And so she waited there for me, but I didn't go to the breakers. I I opened up the gas main and uh, started the gas pouring into the shop and I just turned around and went out the back door and uh, and walked home. I guess what my plan was is that she would get angry 
eventually walk into the back, see I wasn't there, and flip the breakers. And that's exactly what she must have done and blew the place up, which was my plan all along. Um, and then I came back here. I mean, you guys were at the the crime scene when I came. I pretended, but I, I thought about it all morning long, and I, I wish I hadn't done it. I It was a terrible mistake. I mean, I loved her once. Why did you do it? Because she was evil incarnate. She was... I haven't loved her for a long time now. And I just had to get out. And I met Joanne when I was traveling and and she she's in New York and we started having an affair. Hmm. Do the sons of Valus mean anything to you, Mr. Burton? I don't know what that is. I thought as much. Well, be prepared for a show. Um, how much how much time has passed while this confession has been taking place? Well, um, now, if we were playing this game around a table, I would slip uh, Doug and uh, Phil uh, some paper. As you guys are sitting here listening to him confess, and the sun is getting lower and lower on the horizon, um, at first you think it's neighborhood dogs, but off in the distance you can hear a howling. And the more you're sitting there listening, the more it's getting louder. And you, you can hear it. Nobody else in the room is reacting, except that you do notice Mr. Burton. Bert, no, I'm doing it. Mr. Burton uh, occasionally glancing out the window like he hears something too i'll look to doug doug get your mirror oh. ready yes yes but what um, what is all all of this about do you hear the hounds mr burton do you hear it i i do hear hounds yes great we have three loonies yep Ugh. hell so this has is come for you and uh, with that, Epstein is going <laughs> to get a candle or whatever he can and get it lit and wrap wrap a rag around his arrow and stand in front of a mirror. Okay. You ready? now can hear something in the distance um, almost galloping like a uh, horse. Um, are any of you looking out the window? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, face, facing, the, facing the front window, like towards the door front window. Yeah, I'm like hiding behind my mirror with my bow at the ready, my so fire ready to it go. It sounds like the two of you are not looking out the window. You're just facing it. I'm confused. Yeah, yeah are you looking look out, out the, the window into window. the front yard? Into the yeah, I mean, we'd ha- yeah, we're, okay. I'm I'm on I'm we vigilant. I'm, yeah. Okay. How about the rest of you? Well, I'm uh, just sitting on a chair. I've gotten a, a whole bunch of arrows. While they've been doing this, I've been slowly getting arrows ready with the wrap, and using and get have the lighter fluid ready. And I'm going to give the two who can see a bunch of arrows. And when uh, when they say, "Oh, they, I, we can hear the hounds," 
That's when I douse the lighter fluid on the arrow. It's at this time, but I break out a dozen arrows done for to so I give them one six and the arrow one six. And you know, I go, Frank, if I know if I'm correct, we don't want to see this thing because if we can't see it, it can't affect us. How about you, Cole? Are you looking out the window? I am admiring his bookshelf. His books. Okay. You guys hold hearted. The bravery. The bravery in this room. At Mirrors this point, and bows at the ready. I would <laughs> like I would like uh Professor Epstein and Mr. Stomps uh Phil uh do sanity rolls for what's what maybe uh that is a fail. Fifty-four. If this is a hound of Tendalos, we're all gonna die. Okay. Oh no. Um, Duh, uh, uh, Professor Epstein, you can do a 1D6. And Phil, you can do a no 1D8. Okay. 1D6. Oh, shit. Uh, okay, that's a two. Five. Okay. Hey. So Phil's keeping his composure. Uh, Doug, you can do an intelligence roll. I'm really high in. You've got, you've got to get over it, man. <laughs> That is a fail. That isn't that is uh-huh. a 90. That's 90, good. yes. All right. So you're terrified. You're shaking your mirror and you're terrified. Um, at this point, uh Mr. Burton is becoming extremely frightened because he can hear what you're hearing. Um, all of a sudden, and by this point, the sun has dipped below the horizon. The front door of the house explodes into splinters, which go flying all over. Everybody do dodge rolls. Oh, 24! Is that a pass? No, no. Yes! Wow. (laughs) Barely. Uh, It's a combat, so I can't use luck. Um... It's a fail. I failed. It's a dodge. You can use luck. Oh, okay. Then I'll yeah, I don't use think you, yeah, you can't use luck on attacks, I think is what it is. All right. I'll uh, spend six luck then. Yeah. Regular pass. Five okay. luck for a regular pass. So you, you're not injured. You manage to sort of block the splinters as they come. Um, the shotgun takes the splinters. However, I think uh, I would like John and Cole and Detective Frank to all do power rolls. Um, I believe that is a fail. Okay. If you fail, fail, then you can't help but look at the door when it explodes. And so you can also do a spot hidden roll. I made, I, I made my power roll. Okay, so you've done this, basically. Yeah. You know what? I actually want to see this thing. Okay, you saw just a spot hidden. I failed the spot hidden. So 55 minus 86 equals 31. So I'm going to spend 31 luck. Whoa! <laughs> In order to see it? Yes. <laughs> I will. So you, in fact, do see it. When the splinters fly, you suddenly see this blue 
fiery monster um, uh, that's completely black, except for the flames all over and the, the flaming blue eyes. Um, of course, all of you who can see it do see it. Um, and Mr. Burton screams in, in horror as this thing comes bursting in. Um, he, he attempts to scramble away, but the creature leaps in the air and lands on its back, on his back. Um, do any of you do anything before it literally uh, tears him? I just want to face my mirror toward it so that if it moves towards me, it's going to get a glimpse at its own reflection. Okay. So you're kind yeah, of hiding, holding it. Together. I'm kind of like, I'm, I'll peek every once in a while, but I, I want to make sure that this thing is going to see its reflection if it if it charges me. Okay. Detective uh, Jordan, you had your gun ready. So what would you like to do? I'm going to shoot in the heart with the shotgun. Okay. Go ahead and roll your firearms. All right. No disadvantage dice. All right. Sweet. Uh, that is a hit. Okay. Um Roll for damage. All right. Uh, since it's up close and personal, that's 4d6 damage. Uh, bludgeoning. So that's 12 damage. <laughs> okay. Um, your blast hits the side of the creature, um, at which point you can sort of see that it, it almost blasts a hole into the creature. Um, but... Right before your eyes, the wound just completely knits itself back together. Since you're there. I should um, probably roll a sanity check now. Yeah, you can roll a sanity check. Um, the creature... That is a uh, fail. All right, do a 1d6. That seems fair at this point. That is five. Okay, do an intelligence roll. I succeeded in my intelligence roll. Roll a 1d8. <laughs> hey, everybody's favorite time! It's time for me to get Red Rage and kill everyone with a shotgun. I'm engineering. Uh, I rolled a six. I have four shots left. Huh? It's a pump. You suddenly become paranoid. Wait. No, wait, no, it's not. What? Uh, you suddenly become paranoid oh, that everybody here has set you up. And they, they, they've planned this for you to be killed at this point. Um, so your, your choice is to like, get the fuck away from them. Or, I mean, you're, you're convinced that they're, they're behind all of this. They want you to be killed. Pure paranoia. Um, so you can decide what you're going to do in a second. Um, does anybody else want to act before the thing rips the guy in half? All right. I was hoping for what goes around. I'm gonna uh, Epstein's gonna get an arrow lit and get ready for it to yeah, basically I, okay. turn its eyes towards him I'm, and stops. It, I'm gonna go uh, for the mirror. It it's its mouth pounds down right on the back of uh, uh, John's shoulders, and it pulls back and starts to do that dog thing where it tears from side to side. And you hear uh, Mr. Burton yell out in, in horror and terror as the thing literally tapes, tears him apart. There's blood going everywhere. Um, uh, it stomps on him. It's, it's got, you're watching an animal kill a, a human being. 
Um, but before you need to roll your sanity, it then turns and it looks directly at Phil um, and takes a step towards him. You hold up the mirror and it suddenly stops in its tracks as if it's kind of confused. It's looking at its own reflection. Um, That's when I want to let loose with my flaming arrow. All right. Do yes. your, uh, uh, do your uh, I guess it's a firearm. Okay. So... All right. So that is an 18 out of 25. Oh, uh, we decide. I don't even have an arrow up on my thing. How much damage? And it's flaming arrow, correct? It is a flaming arrow. Yeah. All right. We'll say 1d8 damage. You're really at close range. 1d8. Okay. That's a six. Six. Okay. I think if um, it does, a fire does like six, a D6 if it keeps going or something like that. Or... Right. Um, so do I roll another D6 or? Does it catch fire? Oh. Well, wow. no. They, uh, the yeah. arrow penetrates okay. and the flaming rag goes in with it. And the creature immediately reacts violently. You know, and it bellows this horrible, bellowing wolf-like sound. It bellows out, um, and it, it sort of thrashes around for a moment. Um, anybody else, Doctor uh, Detective uh, uh, Detective Jordan is climbing out of window. Bye bye. I was actually going to give a roll to see if I decide to just murder everyone. A luck roll. You're not that insane, but you can do that if you want. Nah, you guys are fine. <laughs> okay, he's climbing out the window. <laughs> oh, so this, this thing, it looks like it's it's in pain, but is it still... Does it still this look like wound it's there? Does not, this wound does not seem to be closed. You're almost right. wondering if the fire itself is keeping the wound from closing. Now, for... for uh, Cole and John, would they need to make an arrow roll to see if they actually look at what's going on? Because they've heard a shotgun blast. Yeah. Seen, I, think, I that, think that's fair. Yes. Yeah. Make it's a, a power roll, roll or will not? power roll. Yeah, it's your willpower to see if you can. No, I take a look. Okay, do a spot hidden. I got a success. I think... Oh. Shit, I pull out a, a bow and because uh, I did get three bows. Mm -hmm. There's two bows out there. I have yeah, I think I'm going to shoot it too. And I'm going to... Did you Did you pass your spot hidden? Yeah, I, that's what I said. Okay. I was getting yeah, a bow and, I, and, I, and I'm, go, I'm getting ready to... And I got... All yeah, right. I'm, all, I'm also going to light an arrow and fire. So then, right. Just so to then, make sure. So then my kid still hasn't seen this. That's what... Okay. You haven't seen case? it. Didn't see it. Yes. Cause, yeah, because I, I passed my... I succeeded on my my that other power roll okay okay but you okay yes yeah you've buried your face in the the couch or something all right is it firearms rifle shotgun or pistol uh i just use like a rifle or okay. whatever whatever you think oh i got 25 and my skill is 25 cool so another flaming arrow into him roll some damage all right that's three damage from from the d8 Okay, you also jam a, uh, an arrow into its side. Uh, 
with a flaming rag attached. And the creature is the creature is staggering around the room. Doug, how about you? Uh, Professor, oh, you're muted. I would, uh, if if I can, I would try and light another arrow and let fire. Go ahead. We'll do John. That is a fail. Okay, so you you manage to nick it, but you don't do any damage to it. John, you can shoot an arrow. Remembering the, I'm going to use my intelligence. Yeah, I do remember the verse. I'm going to attempt to target its heart, where I okay. think the heart would be. Um, so I assume that would be a hard or extreme. It's chess. It's, yeah, um, you're you're very close to it. So that's why I'm asking, because. Well, what'd you get? All right. Well, that probably hit. I got an 08. No, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Is that in a harder and extreme? Uh, well, it is my firearms is a seventy-five, so that's, that's actually extreme. extreme. All right, so you're just going to do full damage. What did we decide? Eight points. Yeah. Well, is it a is it an impaling weapon or no? Yeah, it is. It's an arrow. So yeah. So that means it does full damage, and you roll right, and, and then you blunt yeah. and yes. blunt weapons just do max. Yeah. yeah. Or at least that's the way we're going to handle it. Yeah. And add another seven. So, oh, so 15? Yeah. Wow. I would say that probably does the trick. That arrow goes deep into the creature. It bellows in, in agony, and it staggers back, smashing furniture. And uh, as it goes, you guys have to kind of dive out of the way. And then it, uh, after it, it, it shakes for a moment, and then it falls over, and it, it falls into a heap on the ground, and then it completely vanishes in a puff of like blue flame. And it's yes! Gone. Yeah! <laughs> World, we're not dead! Uh, <clears throat> a detective Frank now, Jordan Pickford. wakes up in an alley somewhere. Uh, Covered in blood ten and hours, glass. Ten hours later, not quite remembering what the hell happened. And I told guys, you ghosts were real! <laughs> And that's the end of our story. You guys did pretty good. Uh, well, that was great. Uh, that was a wonderful one. Hey, I, I got to shoot the much, shotgun once. I'm happy. <laughs> um, unlike the last group, you actually confronted him uh, and managed to keep him there and tell you what he had done. Yes. Um, the other group didn't. They ran away and went to uh, one of their houses and waited for the creature to kill him and then come and get them. And they managed to fight it off there. But, uh, tactically, they took that. So that's, I think you know the story. You know exactly what yeah. happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah that was really out. interesting. I, mm-hmm. I really now thought it was an accident, but it was actually what happened. <laughs> All right. Well, our players included Oren Meyer, uh, Theodore Martinez, John Dos Passos, Patrick O'Brien, Brian Ridge, and, and myself as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members, you can set up private games, you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering, there's a link below. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. 
If you'd also like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account, just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and push the bell icon for the updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering the questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of HP Lovecraft and Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.